Welcome. <laughs> I'm just going to use your first name, Tier. Yeah. Um, welcome. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> you work for Black Rifle. I do. Yeah. And uh, thanks for canceling your plane flight to stick around for a conversation. <laughs> well, it was a business flight, and I'm a business person, so it was very business-like to do. <laughs> nice. See, <laughs> 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 uh, <All right>, <laughs> uh, obviously, like I know you through Aaron, and you've come in symposiums and stuff. But we got to talking earlier just about random cultural events, and it seemed like a good idea to sit down and just start bullshitting about maybe the same thing, right? But you know, as a as a feature of us not being good um, interrogators, um, go ahead and kind of tell what you do now, just so people know a little bit about your background. Sure, yeah, let's go in reverse order here. Uh, <laughs> I'm We're the, Quentin uh, Tarantino, it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah with a weird monologue in right yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm currently the uh, my my full time job is I'm the corporate giving manager for Black Rifle Coffee Company, uh, and I've been doing that for. Uh, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. This Wait, time. there's a jo- corporate giving. Yeah, is a that is a job title. I had to look it up on uh, okay. salary.com. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> I'm about to do the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sounds like my uh, my first business card with Black Rifles just said Abstract Talent on it. Nice. nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, I've had oh, I've had man. I've worn multiple hats there, but right now I'm I'm just aside from you know doing a little bit of podcasting here and there um mm-hmm. as i'm available or uh you know the, or they're available uh, my my main job is a corporate giving manager nice which means you're you're identifying potential recipients mm-hmm. of a certain percentage of whatever profit that the that uh yeah so we've got uh you know going down the rabbit hole a little bit here we really have three three value pillars in there uh, we've got the the veteran and first responder, you know, mm-hmm. serving those who serve. We've got uh, support of constitutional rights, you know, uh, yeah. despite what uh, some doctors might uh, put out there. We are very pro 2A, and mm-hmm. and we we actually like all the amendments in the Constitution. <laughs> it's so weird. You don't just pick the one. <laughs> right. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird. On the day that is useful for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that third pillar is uh, is conservation and outdoors. So uh, okay. um, when I'm looking at an organization to support, I'm, I'm looking at that. Are they in line with, with our values on that? And uh, uh, do we like them? Yeah. <laughs> right. if, if we're going to spend time, if we're going to have to spend some time together yeah. based on this relationship, do we mm-hmm. want to? Yeah. Yeah. But prior to me, you know, Black Rifle Coffee for all its success is actually a, a still a very young company. Yeah. So bef- oh. before me, this position didn't exist. It's not like I, I inherited something. Right. We, we, uh, by, with, a. With mom and dad, as we refer to them, Tom Davin and Evan Hafer, uh, kind of guiding, we, we just kind of built this department out. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of interesting to watch how quickly and how, I mean, specifically that they're growing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it seems like, holy shit, like, you guys went from, you know, being funny and, you know, doing so, like, being able to create something. I think that's right. like, okay, a lot of people fall apart on ideas right like you kind of to tear it down you go like 
everybody thinks that, man, I wish I had the Apple iPhone idea. Right. And then there's the next person who's like, oh, I had this really good business. I, they're like, there's a huge gulf between people that try to pull shit off and people who talk about it. And that that's then you get into the okay now you started a business and then now you're in trouble because right. now you have to actually make it work. Yeah, and uh, man, that I got to tell you that is eighty percent Evan. Oh yeah, I mean he is. I, I've I, known that guy for twenty years. He uh, he is a pit bull when it comes to something that he wants to succeed. That's awesome. He just he has failed. Sure, we, we all have. And we've grown out of that. Um, but he, uh, you know, the biggest difference between Evan and I is uh, I'm really good at receiving a mission and making it happen. And if somebody else depends on it, it won't fail. Mm-hmm. If it's my mission, I'll probably lose interest about somewhere around 60% of the way through because I just don't have that same vested interest in my own success that I do in yeah, other there's people. Yeah, like, there's like finishing skill, right? Yeah. Like that. that is, um, man... Uh, for all of my misgivings, I'm a really good team player. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't seem like it because <laughs> I'm mouthy and I like, you know, it has to be the right team. Yeah. We have to yeah. get the whole getting along thing right, yeah. needs to happen. Like it has to be a mutual respect. But I feel like if, if I just blank out and I'm, I'm a part of something that I really believe in, like, man, I can just do whatever I need to do to make that thing work. I also have an issue with like it being my idea or my thing. I get the uncertainty creeps in right, and yeah. all of that stuff. And I go, it's man, huge. maybe this is just a huge mistake. And like I self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I've had to learn how to like pull back and, you know, reestablish as we like go forward in doing business is like, can't be yourself. And it seems you're right. Evan is a master at just like driving forward. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head there with self-sabotage. I'm also really good at that. I think uh, I can't remember if it was the first, second, or third marriage counselor that brought that up. But after <laughs> somewhere in there, out of repetition, I, I learned that term. <laughs> right. I, okay. So, like, what, I mean, we'll go into the weeds of that because that, that's kind of a, a really interesting um, <laughs> market reaching for alcohol. <laughs> so no, the, the bottle said the, five wives. Oh, I'm turning the five <laughs> wives okay. towards him because you know. I thought. I mean, both suggestions are correct. You should just mm-hmm. start drinking now <laughs> yeah. if we're going to get into the marriages thing. <laughs> I, I I wonder why, like the proclivity for like self-sabotage, I think it's a major thing that people overlook. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how long did it take you to realize that, man, you're in your own way? 2010. 2010 is a year that I, I (laughs) yeah, I I can, I can't give it, give you the month or the day, but I know it was that year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately it was a little too late for some of the damage I'd already done, but, uh, wait, this this is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2010 is when I kind of had that, uh, that epiphany and then somewhere around, mm, we'll call it 2017, 2016 is where, uh, I decided that I could probably do something about it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. A five year turnaround ish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's all this stuff, you know, where, uh, life keeps happening whether you want it to or not. So <laughs> you got the whole Maslow thing that kind of <laughs> hinders, the needs. Can, can sometimes hinder that, uh, that Renaissance self growth. <laughs> that is kind of, I mean, there is, there's going to be a processing time, right? Between oh, yeah. like the world. I think we, this kind of subject came up a little bit earlier mm-hmm. when we we're chatting. So maybe it's, uh, relevant to the, it wasn't in this fashion, but maybe it is, is that there's like this, 
idea where you need to process um, your your bad parts and good parts. Yep. Right. Like in in deciding what you can add to and what you're taking from mm-hmm. is the I guess the most generic way to to reference it. And I, I think there's very few people who do that. They they continue to look at the world like the world is the problem. Yeah. Right. And and it's that whole like you know if you go outside and you meet an asshole he's an asshole and if you go you know somewhere else and there's another asshole eventually at the end of the day you're the asshole right yeah like you are the problem and that is really hard to identify well that the benefit of being married three times is i realized that the only common denominator was in, <laughs> was me <laughs> I, yeah and I, I guess like i don't know how many businesses i've started uh-huh. but it's less than i can count at this point off the top of my head yeah. which is I think we know what the problem is. Right. It's like, it's like, and, you know, Mark's like, ah, oh, shit. No, it's just, I just, I was just kind of funny because when I throw the three symbol, uh-huh. you know, like mm. that, it doesn't have anything to do with a percentage <laughs> or something. <laughs> Perfect. That's all uh, where I was. So. Um, <laughs> that's your associate. My yeah. militia group is just failing things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird. I don't know. Would it? I don't know if it would help though, because it's obviously helped me. It seems like it's helped you to recognize, like our what do you want to call it, inner demon. Yeah. So I think that self discovery is that is just opening the door. It's ex- exactly that. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I mean, I'm not an addict, but uh, at least as far as I know, uh, but. Oh, much worse. I'm an asshole. Like, <laughs> I, if, it, if I could just be an addict. Is there a support group for that? No. If I could just be an addict, I'd have a fucking excuse and a group to go to. <laughs> right. But if you're just a fucking asshole, right. you're on your own. Like, you really have to come up with your own step program. But, like, the, the first step is is admitting that you have the, the, the problem. Right? Yes. Identification. Yeah. Identification. So, you know, I, I got through that, but we're talking another five or six years later before yeah. I realized that. I could actually do something about it. So I'm just sitting there wallowing around in my own filth about, you know, just, I was, I was, I was a tactical Eeyore, you know? (laughs) Perfect. So at this point, 2010, I take it your military career. Yeah. So far into it. uh, Yeah. And mentioned that I've known Evan for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a green beret Mm -hmm. and, uh, still, Serving part time, full time. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be a part time job, but twenty twenty has had other ideas on that. Um, <laughs> we declare you very essential. Yeah, I was yeah. just about to say you got the essential tag. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, definitely got the essential task. Um, and since we're printing money, we can keep paying you. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I recently was uh, the recipient of an all expense paid trip to DC. So <laughs> oh, you won. I heard the accommodations were. Beautiful, yeah. I've, I've Congratulations. Show, can you show me in the doll where the parking garage touched you? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How, uh, I mean, obviously you got there after the violence had subsided. Right, so I wasn't there for January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, busy with our own Black Rifle uh, PR. With oh, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we can't control who Where's wears our product or, or where they wear it. Um but uh, on that note, because this is actually, I mean, maybe people don't realize we got this um, bit. Who's the kid who got arrested? I'm Kyle so, Rittenhouse. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was like kind of one of the first associations where it mm-hmm. kind of got out there. I think very 
poignantly evan came out said you know obviously disassociate from actions like this right um, um but careful not to you know impede their own goal which is helping fats leo service members right. stuff like that yeah. like and this is where the trick of culture comes in especially business and culture because you, you have to walk a very tight rope and obviously some companies are very good at it mm-hmm. and others are not so well equipped like they pander to the masses because they're so worried about the implication of taking a stand that's neutral right this silence is violence thing of course now the opposite is true apparently if you talk on twitter it's violence <laughs> you can be banned for that but i i what i don't what i saw from the the sixth thing from the Let's Kyle say whatever the fuck you want on the investing <laughs> sub thread on reddit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that ain't violent at all yeah right <laughs> did uh did you watch speaking of the like super quick segue into uh that topic did you watch the meme video that was made about the the GameStop, GameStop investment. It's like basically takes a scene out of the Joker where he's on the game show uh-huh. and they replace all, all of the subtitles. And it's so well done. Like if you get a chance, go to Reddit, you'll yeah. find it. It's the main meme that got people going. They basically, they make the game show host, Jim Cramer. Okay. And then they kill Jim Cramer. At oh. the end. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a, there's like a thing at the end. that's like, we're not saying that you should kill Jim Cramer. <laughs> like that we had to finish the movie. Right. Kind of, like yeah. the meme doesn't totally work, but this guy's still an asshole. Um, there, there's that. And uh, the funny thing is that guy started out as like the counter cultural investment yeah. dude that yeah. suddenly got a microphone in front of his face. Yeah. The first and time I bought stocks is because Jim Cramer. Yeah. Because he was out there saying wild shit, you know, is yeah. this like seemingly loose cannon on Hit the, the alarm bells. Yeah. Sell, and, sell, sell. And then, and then now it's like, oh, you're part of the, you, you became an institution. So you, and then you live long enough to. Become yeah. the enemy? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, <laughs> something like that. But how else would, how, how else? You still have long enough to realize that it's you that's the asshole. <laughs> right. I mean, coming back to that, so, I mean, that that's essentially what it is. Like some of the best work you can get done is when you are the problem, right? Because you can fight, th- you have the energy to fight systems yeah. and institutions that a person who is more self-aware doesn't And have the hubris the time to, to imagine you will be, you know, have exactly. some effect. Yeah. yeah. And then it comes to this part. Well, if you if you become successful mm-hmm. in whatever you're doing and then you rationalize or realize or come to, you know, some kind of self-awareness where you go, oh, man, I got I got where I wanted, but now I can't go to where I want to go being who I am. So you have to kind of unravel that thing. Like I would imagine, I don't know what your personal circumstances was, but your probably success in the military had a large part to do that you were unweddable. Like or un- yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It was a question of priorities, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, so I, I've got, I've done a lot of contracting. I probably have more time downrange as a civilian than mm-hmm. I do gotcha. uh, as a, as a member of the military. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have to do all that. There was a certain amount of, is a weird cocktail of, of FOMO. Mm-hmm. Uh, combined with if I don't do it, who is, yeah. who's, who's going to do it? Yeah. Because I, I did believe in the missions and, and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the best example of that is, and this isn't to my own horn. This is just what happened. I left Blackwater in, uh, early 2008. Um, 
mostly because I got tired of being shot at and running away because that was essentially our job. It wasn't to, regardless of however they're painted in the, in right. the media, that's, it was not an offensive contract. It was a defensive contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've lost 43 guys doing that mission. Mm. <clears throat> that's, and that's not, that's just in country. That's not attributed to the ongoing suicides that, that plague that, that community. They come after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I left that contract to, uh, when I, when I told my team that I was going to leave, I was just burnt out. They looked at me like I was crazy for giving up this paycheck. And, uh, which by the way is not tax free. That's a, that's a misconception as sure. well. I actually make more in the military when I'm deployed than I do a civilian. Oh, no kidding. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because military deployment pay is tax free, right? Okay. Pay, et cetera, so forth. Um, what was there a deal originally? Um, I heard that um, I got I heard it through a friend who was delivering money through Merrill Lynch um, when we first went into Iraq in the early two thousands. He was one of their money handlers, mm-hmm. and there was a tax free deal for him, but I'm not sure what that was because it wasn't attached to any. It was contract work, but obviously not. Sounds like a good Merrill Lynch deal to me. I don't, I, I don't uh, know. I, I mean, he was. <laughs> I didn't have it. Maybe it was. It could have been a dishonest sort of too, because I don't know. Yeah. That kid was kind of sketchy. The yeah. person who was told him, uh, told me. So I, I imagined a lot of. Maybe there was a, a couple deals like that that people heard about, and that's basically how misinformation spreads. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, there's there's a caste system that exists in the mm-hmm. deployed community between uh, military and contractors, mm-hmm. and having been on a member of the elite in both of those castes, mm-hmm. uh, I've I've experienced it. Uh, from every facet. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not great. It's very counterproductive. We, we rely on our contractors heavily. Oh, for sure. Heavily. They, I would say they bear the brunt of the, uh, sustained logistical and intelligence load. Is that in part because deniability is a huge factor in how the United States? No, I don't think it's deniability. I think it's sustainability. Um, you know, we, uh, was it less than one percent of the American population mm-hmm. actually serves in the military, and it's even smaller percentage of that that actually deploys. So you have this civilian force out there that have resumes that most of them built in the mili- in, through military mm-hmm. service, and they're willing to go do these jobs for prolonged periods of time. And it's it's a easy button for the government because those people, you know, anything that happens to them downrange. That doesn't fall on VA. It doesn't fall on military retirement. Right. It doesn't fall on the the standard military complex as we think about it from the public perception. What what they're covered under medically is disability insurance, and, and that's private industry. Not, yeah, you're looking at the uh, the front end and back end of an investment to get a job. <clears throat> it is far more cost effective to pay somebody six mm-hmm. figures to do a job for a few years than to invest millions in their retirement. Yes, and, and, and the healthcare required in doing mm-hmm. such a ja- dangerous job. Yep, that that makes. I mean, when we're talking about things that make sense, I think there's a lot of uh, a there's there there's some mismatches here, mm-hmm. right? Like there's some mismatches with some politicians doing certain things in order to get favors, and that might be warmongering. It might be something that uh, I, you could disagree about the reason to be in a certain country, but once you're there, you're really dealing with American soldiers who need to come back alive and if right. they don't problems start to happen but when they come back alive that's like a check mark 
mission accomplished. And that's a huge misconception because there's an unraveling process to this. <laughs> yeah, an unraveling, a re-raveling, an unraveling again. Let's just tangle it back up, throw it back out there, see what happens in the next administration and try to pull a thread and unravel it again. Yeah, this has been going on for a while. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, maybe in the past it's called shell shock. I mean, there's always been these fundamental features that, and man, I, not that I was intent on talking about this subject, but you seem somebody who is really aware of, and you guys have kind of a mission to try to help veterans come out of these kind yeah. of situations. Yeah. And so maybe it's near and dear to some of the stuff that you're doing. It seems, uh, talking to Evan about the same stuff, is that I'm not convinced that it's necessarily the horrors of war that gets somebody um, later through whether we want to describe as PTSD, mm -hmm. wh whatever one of these mechanisms is that enhances the um, the probability that somebody will off themselves or do something dangerous or harm those around them, like yeah. whatever the, the mechanism is. Um, because... I like when we when we talk about any like top end group performing right we like we look at some features that correlate to high performance um we look at first it's sleep right yeah and in the military there's constant sleep deprivation constant right? it's part of the it's part of the culture it's one of the <laughs> most harmful things that you can do to somebody's psychology that's why we use it to torture people mm -hmm. right or sorry we um, Man I mean, other people. To, uh, uh, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> well, I mean, we used to, or whatever. Now that we're better, we're we're rehabilitated. I thought from, we were rehabilitated. Yeah, yeah. we're rehabilitated. We don't yeah. do that anymore. So yeah. jumpsuits so, are black now, not orange. Right. Sorry, yeah. no Guantanamo. There's that doesn't happen. Um, so there's uh, there's sleep, and then there's nutrition. So you're sleep deprived. You're eating nothing but processed MREs and garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and who knows, like, it's not the highest quality content, whether you look at it nutrient dense wise, lowest, maybe lowest bitter yet again. Right. So you're looking at like recommended dietary advice, like the RDA from, from a time and period, those guidelines were set during the depression, 1920 yeah. something. Those were set so that people didn't die. And that's how they're still producing food to be the bare minimum requirement for not dying. And besides the fact that we're talking about processed, terrible food that isn't, and I'm, I'm not saying you can't eat manufactured food. I'm saying that your microbiome does not operate the same. Oh, yeah. On menu. And I think everybody can attest to that after eating like two MREs and your gut is either cement or it's liquid. So how you correct that is you live on the local economy and you get all kinds of weird biomes in there. Yes. And it just uh, completely cleans you out from head to toe. Uh, whether you want to or not. Yep. <laughs> and, and then on top of it, and I think Evan has talked about this before, is the environmental impact of chemical, Right. Uh, I mean, toxic from fire pits, like burning batteries, shit like that, constantly, 24-hour fire for 20 years yeah. of just burning garbage. And I'm, I'm still, I mean, these three things, there's probably more factors to it. I mean, you could talk about telecommunication radiation, which mm -hmm. everybody's exposed to. Yeah, RF energy. Yeah. Like all of that stuff, like hyper influencing cell proliferation at a mutation rate in a, you know, you start to spur on cancer cells pretty easily. There was some point, um, a friend of mine was talking that everybody, and he was in a very, fairly elite group, that at one point, 70% of the people in active duty in that group had some form of cancer at one time. They're active. Wow. I, and and that to me is like, why do you think it happened? He's like, we're riding around with like a fucking radioactive satellite just 
buzzing shit in our yeah. ear all day. And it's like, that's three years of just, you know, nonstop. He's like, we, uh, we had a, an amplifier, a five amp, uh, wait, no, 10, it was a 10 or 20 watt amplifier for mm-hmm. our, our uh, 148s, their uh, embedded radios. That's what we had before our current system. And um, the, I remember calling some casts uh, out at Cannon Air Force Base, um, doing a training mission out there. And uh, the JTAC next to me, Another SF dude, he's JTEC qualified. He had this amplifier right over his side plate, and uh, the clarity in his voice between him and the aircraft, it was, it was like studio quality compared to what you know. And I was like, what? How do I get one of those? And I kept. I was a team sergeant at the time. Yeah. Like, I want those for everybody on my team. And as I was pushing for them, uh, right when I was about to get them, they they took them out of the inventory because a lot of. Uh, TACPs and JTACs were uh, were developing uh, health issues from the from, oh, yeah. the, from the amplifiers. Oof. I, I, yeah. there, I, so there's a, there's a game that we're playing here, which is like it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with what the United States government is doing. That's a different matter. What you should agree about is how we take care of the people that defend us and are responsible for holding up our way of life. I agree. That, yeah. that has it's not a it's not a political discussion it's not a left or right issue it's we haven't taken care to take care right like we we haven't put in the basic infrastructure yeah. to make sure that we have the most high performing people in the world the ability to do their job even if i disagree with the job that they're going to so do. I have a theory on that and i think you know we're we're in the longest sustained combat period in american yes. history mm-hmm. But the wars and conflicts that have come previous to this have come with such a surge mm-hmm. of effort in population that everybody was invested in it. Right. A, um, a higher percentage of the population. Correct. Yeah. Call it a GameStop investment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you talk about uh, like the VA is, is a, a constant uh, butt of memes and, and jokes, mm-hmm. right? And I've heard success stories and I've heard a lot of... Horror uh, stories. Horror stories. Yeah, my mom worked for the VA. I'm sure she, she's she got... She just retired out of it, but yeah. she was there for almost 10 years. Yeah. And talk about frustration. I bet. Yeah. yeah. But that, I mean, that organization was not built. The the things we're doing now, I think we're, we're able... And when I say we, I'm not talking about the VA. I'm talking mm. about organizations like Hunter 7 that mm. that's an advocacy nonprofit for doing like uh burn pit research and things like oh, that. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And all these other um uh kind of micro efforts we're able to get I think so much more done because it's not this blanket of everybody is tired and everybody's feeling the same weight and we've developed this bureaucratic government organization to take care of this overwhelming surge of people coming back from a conflict and everybody just wants to get on with their life and mm-hmm. not deal with it. And I, 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 this is just a theory. I, I think the VA was born out of a uh, social responsibility to take care of those that came mm-hmm. back, but it was just overwhelming. And I don't know that if the VA culture has ever gotten over that. Here's a weird question. Um, is there anybody still enlisted or in charge um, that was there on day one for this actual conflict who's still there today? Uh, are, are we talking about um, are, are we talking about the global war on terrorism? Um, 
hypothetically, say, we'll, which, say, we'll call it the Iraq-Afghanistan uh, conflict, yeah. just to kind of at least narrow it in a little bit. Uh, yes, there is, actually. Um, I, I work with one. Oh, okay. Yeah. He wasn't SF qualified at the time, mm-hmm. but he was assigned to a special forces group. Now he's a Green Beret. So let's take that. So they're like, okay, there's probably a few at yeah. least, right? And to to that end, uh, I was in the Q course during 9-11. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had actually just come back from doing my paramedic rotation oh, no kidding. with FDNY in New York. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, my my thought yeah. on that is like wow. whenever you hear about history and you hear about the like 100 years war mm-hmm. and you hear about these things, these like prolonged conflicts that are just like centuries mm-hmm. um your first thought is like none of the people who started it are around right to f- finish it whether they're they died in combat or not is irrelevant it's like the original in uh, like the original cause and the whatever uh, started the conflict those people are now tapped out and now people who are, i mean obviously now people are joining today who weren't even alive it when was it happened. really interesting, and it does. Uh, I try not to think about it because it makes me feel old. But uh, <laughs> it, it, this is a multi generational conflict, yeah. and uh, you know, um, well, shit. I, it's been multi generational for myself. Uh, yeah. I spent Christmas with my dad and stepmom in Al Assad, Iraq, in two thousand nine. Oh no, shit. Yeah, yeah. And my my little brother was in Baghdad at at that that same year. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, in 2018, uh, when we were about to uh, go to war with uh, with North Korea, mm. I was deployed to South Korea and uh, met up with my dad over there, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to see the world. Yeah. Like, we go to all the spots that are about to not exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. I, I was, so I was deployed in 2017 mm-hmm. um, with special operations in Afghanistan, and then I had to leave war to come back and... Uh, take my guys to maybe war in in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that was, um, I, I don't think people realized how close that was. It was very close. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that's like, uh, I don't think I did. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, realize how close that oh, was. Oh, right. I mean, I kind of got the hunch because of what was being talked about through friends that we know. And it was like, they were all getting ready to get ready. You can follow j- just the, I don't know if they're still up because mm-hmm. his Twitter account has been canceled or whatever. <laughs> but if you follow uh, President Trump's Twitter feed, you can kind of if you can see through the yeah. the, the ego and everything yeah. else that's going on there. Yeah. But if you, you can kind of follow the mood there and for all his fault, successes, whatever, it doesn't really matter how you feel about him. Sure. He diffused that situation. Interesting. I mean, besides the caps lock. <laughs> my mind i was thinking military and i'm oh, thinking what operation caps, is that caps lock caps lock Oper- yeah, is that like flip lock or, like, that's, lock? that's the i don't actually look at what he's saying i just i look i read whether i'm being yelled at or not right yeah, <laughs> yeah. now i, I there's it's probably fun, something it's funny to because that, right? there was like a period of time there where yeah. some fellows that we know were talking about some areas mm-hmm that they might have to go. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how are we going to take care of ourselves within these environmental mm-hmm. uh, suits? Yeah, not right. eating. For a long period like of time. Like, okay, we, this is, these are like 24-hour-plus operation yeah. yep. kind of things. Um, Given the, the sea burning threat over there, I was not convinced that I was coming back. No kidding. No. I mean, how many times has that happened to you? Like where you've been in a situation where you were just 
kind of i mean obviously in the moment but like you're thinking esoterically or maybe even existentially about the end i mean you know you put together your your packet before you deploy every mm -hmm. time so you put actual thought into it especially if you've done it a few times and being a, a sergeant major in this i i review those packets to make sure people aren't putting in their you know that they want to be buried with a parrot on their shoulder and an and a and an eye patch because i actually dealt with that once mm. <laughs> Yeah, making sure that they're actually taking some kind of gravity with this, right? Because it's for their families, not for them. So you know, it's it's something we actually do put thought into and and have to face before we go out the door. But there is a certain amount of resignation to your position, um, with the acceptance of that risk. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and it's it's interesting when you're when you're in an environment like. Iraq or Afghanistan, your your biggest threat is an IED. Yeah. Or at least okay. it, it was in my experience, mm -hmm. right? And you can mitigate that by uh, not driving, mm -hmm. hopefully. And that's not always the case. You know, there's... Taking there's, a bike to work sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I if, if, if like approving missions, if, if you don't have to drive out there, and it, then why would you? You know, can you can you fly there? Uh, is if you are driving there, is this a route you've taken before? Is there a pattern to this? Yeah. You know, yeah. do you have eyes on this route? What's what's our ISR look like? All that stuff. There's ways mm -hmm. to to mitigate that. But when you're talking about going up against a near peer threat, mm -hmm. um, a, a more developed nation with a very robust air defense system mm -hmm. and and a, a nuclear threat uh, and a biological chem bio threat, chem bio threat. And a, which they have have. No problem. Yeah. And a semi-psychotic narcissistic ruler. Are you talking about Trump or... Jim? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, is, is there... You know, like, I, I don't think I could parse the difference. There's In some a, cases. A bit of, hey, totally you, kidding I, there, but I, yeah. I, I recognize uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey. I mean, maybe that's the diffusion. It's like the ability to see oneself in another and really calm the situation it, down. It, it could be. I mean, definitely both have egos. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I I wonder, I mean, it, it seems like, do you, do you think that reflection, and, and maybe that's a useful, I think it's a, obviously this look at death is a age-old philosophical thing. Like, historically, it's really helped people clarify what they do in their life to actually acknowledge the fact that an end of it will mean that they have to kind of fast forward what they, what they do. And coming to like, how do, where I kind of see this coming is because a lot of the military concepts, people will misunderstand or they will have an influence of what they think about it based off of their, you know, their own political leanings, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it, Everybody's going to view things through their, the lens of their experience exactly. or lack thereof. And I would take that perspective and just say, man, I really respect somebody's, even if I disagree with their ideas, I will sit and listen to their, their ideas much longer if they have that experience you just described. Like this recognition of an end, this this balancing of importance of what I should do in the moment, this, you know, it's an existential threat mm -hmm. in how to, like, if somebody can, like, move forward in, in light of an existential threat, I somehow think there's clarity in their ideas that are worth listening to. It's it's a qualifier, for, for sure. Mm -hmm. the, the, the trick in anything with that, I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking, mm -hmm. and... I, I don't know if we have the same 
political views or not, but it doesn't really matter because we're all listening to each other. <laughs> and that is a, something that doesn't happen right. in, in, I, I can't even call it an, an interaction mm-hmm. because they're, they're one-sided now that people are shouted down for asking questions. I, I, what I say, and I described this last night talking to, I'm, I'm trying to formulate um, kind of what's going on in my, just so I can try to understand, because I, I think when we look at situation, like if I looked at a skirmish, skirmish mm-hmm. by skirmish, I would probably draw the wrong conclusion to a strategy. Like you need to zoom in and out. Yeah. Right. And I, I think we, have lot we're so enraged by a specific topic because it's they're very they and i see they by culture or algorithm whatever they are very good at getting people to zoom in on a problem you're talking about basically single issue people every yeah every single issue that comes up and they tend to merge together and match in Mm -hmm. an incomprehensible way where my blue side and red-sided friends just happen to batch their belief systems without any articulation of why like my belief that uh you know abortion should be a thing but gun rights aren't or like whatever the the thing is it's ideologically stupid but the the examples there um i'm trying to think about so 2020 is a really good reference here Mm -hmm. for obviously just being a magnifying glass for what happens with human nature and so when i look at it and people are man they're all upset especially this GameStop thing. This GameStop thing is so crazy. So I back up and I go, okay, there's certain things, let's call them Google ad space and, you know, amplifiers. There's artificial intelligence that's working to capture our attention so that we buy things like little trinkets and whatnot, um, gravity blankets or, <laughs> you know, mood lamps or well, you name it. Yeah. There, there's probably an advertisement on Instagram that you've scrolled through and you've paused on it. And because you paused on it, that data goes back and it gives it, oh, okay, he likes this or yeah. she likes this. And so we're going to amplify this. The best way to get somebody's attention, though, is not like a provocative thing. It's a tragic thing. It's an outrage thing. It's a, a train wreck provides more views than a nip slip. Right. And that just being a feature of machine learning amplifies that effect. So when you go back and I look at when misinformation really started to get out of hand, mm-hmm. misinformation and uh, the politi- like to politicize single events. So mask, no mask. Right. doesn't matter what you actually think, but you probably thought something, in which case you were looking in on that war of ideas and trying to find a side. It just so happens that the no mask people tended to be on the right and the mask people, now it's, I guess, the three mask people, right. they tend to be on the left. <laughs> and so, yeah, okay, that, that issue was kind of like, it fizzled out a little bit because it lost some impact when 3,000 people a day are dying or something. And you're like, okay, yeah. maybe I'll shut up about masks infringing my rights even if i go man the data really isn't there i'm just going to shut up about it because some people are suffering and that's my inner compassion being like you know what i'll play ball doesn't matter um and then you go man uh an african-american guy gets killed by a cop in the summer and now it's now it's black versus white now Mm -hmm. it's cop versus citizen and we think that that's the problem we're so focused on like you know, I watched the riot video. I saw how they acted. The video showed me that it was peaceful protests and the cops were hurting them. Or I saw the video. People were throwing fireworks at cops and explosive and incendiary devices. Yeah. And like, it looked like a fucking war. I totally understand how the cops could defend themselves or like use force. That makes sense to me. And again, the issue itself doesn't matter. It's just 
where you found your face what 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 provoked you to look at the screen longer kind of decided how it would ramp up what you saw next yep and then oh there's an election on the horizon so now it's republican versus democrat now it's a fraudulent election versus you know whatever it is it's outrage to amplify this thing and as soon as that process ends not even a week after this process (laughs) ends we have rich versus poor which is the GameStop fund thing? Mm-hmm. It's it's the hedge man, the hedge fund managers versus your common person, and you, and you see this thing play out all under the guise of Robin Hood, right? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> the whole idea. Of- so so do, you, do you think that's an AI driver? I do. Yeah. I think I think it's I think um, I think we made. I don't know how familiar you are with like machine learning or a, like the singularity argument, which is like, oh, machines are going to take over the world. Other than the microchips that the government has put in me, I'm not very. Familiar. Oh, so you got your vaccine? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so watch out for that amplifier. <laughs> the singularity theory is kind of like you know, it, machines will take us over because we're creating intelligence that can process more than we can, mm-hmm. not more than we can collectively, but more than we can on an individual basis. Now, we still haven't figured out general intelligence, but we have figured out artificial intelligence. Yeah. So a computer can do a task better than a human. Um, that's very apparent by playing chess with a computer. Mm-hmm. That's very apparent. And, and in general, not just our best against the best, uh, because that was kind of the worry is like, um, God, no, I can't think of the name of the test. Uh, the, uh, there's a t- uh, starts at the T Turing test. So the Turing test was basically done. I think it started in the seventies where they would take, um, people and a machine that can answer questions and then have somebody on a different terminal and they would type a question. They would communicate with either an AI they didn't know or a human and singularity was supposed to happen. Once the percentage of people couldn't tell, they couldn't distinguish between a robot and a human uh-huh. through communication. And, that happened really early on. Like in the 80s, it became a 50-50 chance, which means singularity started to occur, which is the we can't tell the difference between the machine and the human interaction, which means intelligence is now hackable or controllable. Sounds a lot like Twitter. Well, and that's, you know, they, they uh, Microsoft employs some of these artificial learning systems um, in order to interact with humans to come back and just see how it would come back. And when they oh. launched... They launched their one, their first one. Within 24 hours, it was a Nazi pedophile kind of like it. It copies, mimics, and amplifies how humans interact with it. And if you're on Twitter, well, guess what? You become who you hang around. Like we think we're impervious to this. I've got you know, I've got core beliefs, and I've had a good fundamental raisin of you know, God, country, whatever you want to Is that call it. Fundamental with a capital F. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. <laughs> for sure, capital. Yeah. I think uh, a capital Jeffs or like what? <laughs> yeah. So, Ooh, nice. You get you get this like um, idea that no, I'm an autom like an autonomous person, and I'm not influenced by these things, right? Right. I, I have free will. We've been convinced that free will is a big thing, but in reality, if you start hanging out with a bunch of people doing a bunch of stuff, it's very rare that you won't do that. It's called mimetic violence in the case of like a riot or, you know, whatever it is, a murmuring of human beings acting like each other. And AI is no different. It's just amplified by human behavior. So if you take into account all of these things that have happened and the fact that we're so involved into them. So there's a couple 
obviously ingredients that are amplifying this. A, we don't have jobs to go to. We're sitting at home staring at our screens. Right. And we're told that that's what we should be doing. So, like, our best advice isn't to get outside and clear your head and say hi to your neighbor because they might give you coronavirus. It's actually the opposite. It's to isolate yourself against people and then look at the world through this portal that shows that all people are against each other. Which side are you going to pick? And in between, buy this thing. Because that is the paperclip machine, right? The, the theory goes, like, if we just designed a perfect artificial intelligence to design paperclips, it'll make a paperclip out of everything. But, but if you order within the next two hours, you can have it tomorrow. You can have twice as many paperclips. Yes. And now delivered with the objective of AI and machine learning, we basically take the objective attention, human attention. Yeah. That's the objective. That's the goal. Send the machine learning down to actually interact with human beings and figure out what gets their attention the most. Mm-hmm. Of course we are where we are because the singularity we think comes in the form of how we fight things, combat, force on force. I fight bad ideas with good ideas. But if something is smarter than us, why would it give us a chance to fight it? It could just make us fight ourselves. That is the singularity. It's already happened. We're already doing what the robots, quote unquote, want us to do. Right. And it was based off of our own greed that just wanted people's attention so we could sell something. We just need Matthew Broderick. That's- I know. Somebody needs to come in. Uh, Liam Neeson seems like he's not built for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think. What was I, the movie? War Games? War Games. It was, it was War <laughs> yeah. Games. Yeah. 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 So I think uh, what you're talking about here is, is kind of a, we, we have three levels of action and stra- and I'm not going to call it strategy, three levels of action and planning in the military. Mm-hmm. You've got tactical, operational, and strategic. Mm-hmm. And where you're at right now is is kind of zooming out at that strategic level. And for anybody listening to this, they're probably thinking, yeah, it's definitely onto something there, but my head hurts because I don't know what to do about this. Yes, Which yeah. is where we, getting back I to mean, the tactical started, level. Let me just interject one thing. Like wh- when the pandemic you know, whole thing started and there was the various factions and, mm-hmm. you know, as you were talking about a minute ago, the mask, no mask and this and that. And like our position from the start was you're looking at the wrong enemy. Mm-hmm. And until that, the true enemy reveals itself, like quit getting all worked up, like quit, quit miss, misspending resources um, on this adversary that is, that that is an illusion anyway it takes a lot of energy to do nothing <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so heard the, that, the, that's the, fucking quotable the, the urge to react to whatever tweet is out there whatever's going on people putting their opinion out whether you agree with that and you want to jump on their bandwagon you hate these people and everything they stand for and you want to tell them why it takes a lot of energy not to react. Oh, you're you're a hundred percent correct, and I've never heard it like that, but I have noticed it in myself. Mm-hmm. Right, like the hardest thing to do is to let somebody's like flippant comment go without retribution. Oh man, it's so easy to just be like, "Fuck this person," bah, 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 especially bah, bah. when you've got point A, B, C, all the way through H on why they're wrong, and especially and if you you don't qualified. like grammatically fuck it up in the comment like most right. people do yeah nothing disqualifies your your expertise by, by <laughs> switching up there 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 and there yeah. <laughs> your and your yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The pedantic grammar argument. To, to Siri is out to undo me. I'm pretty sure. She, uh, yeah, she oh, I've had some auto corrections that are really bizarre. Oh, it don't even make sense. I, so when you go through that, like we're like we're saying, like it's, this is a meta analysis, and mm-hmm. then strategically and tactically and operationally. Uh, again, I, I think we. I want to kind of hear your viewpoint on this. If you identify what you think the systemic problem is, yeah, then what's the what's the road? It's too much input. That's that's the systemic problem. Mm-hmm. It's too much input. Yeah, and it, even generationally, at the evolutionary level, the the millennials can process. This is scientific. Yeah. I'm not a scientist, but sure. a scientist said it once, so I believe it. <laughs> uh, the the millennials can process information faster yes. than the older generations. Uh, and I'm, I'm in there in the middle somewhere. And I sure, see that yeah. with, with my kids, mm-hmm. how fast they can go from task to task to task. And not all of it's a good thing, but they can process information faster than I can. And well, because they're becoming a different computer. Yes. Like our, our, yeah. uh, it makes total sense evolutionary-wise. If you look at the difference of how say um your kid uses social media versus how oh, your, yeah. your dad uses social media there's a big difference there big difference mm-hmm. and uh so there's that general generational gap on how not only information is processed but how it's used and how it's regurgitated and how it's trusted that's a big thing as well so none of that really matters though right because the solution's the same unplug yeah. You have to unplug. I had an experience yesterday. Um, this uh, There's an artist in Australia, and he sent me an email asking if I would write something for about an exhibition. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you're interested, check out some of my work. Um, so I go to his website, and I and was like, oh, let me click on one of the things that he's showing here. And uh, it's a, just over seven minutes of an audio loop and a video loop. And so I'm staring at what this what is what appears to be this panoramic thing on my computer screen. And I'm just like I'm fucking committed. Whatever this piece of art is that he's trying to share with the world, I'm going to experience it in the way that it's being presented, which means I'm going to stare at I'm going to watch this for 7 minutes. And it doesn't do anything. It doesn't move. It doesn't tickle. It doesn't change, and yet, in the act of staring, I think the piece, the the, the piece is uh, Estrella or something, and uh, stars. It, yeah, but it's not. I mean, and it's and I'm like, oh, those panels on the edge. I think they're I think they're turning more towards me and opening. And I'm sober as fuck when I'm watching this. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've had the same experience, but maybe there's some substance involved. <laughs> and and. Um, or maybe those are getting narrower and I'm trying to identify like, okay, this movement, it's a slow movement. And, and like, I, 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 I am with it for seven minutes. I don't yeah. look at my phone. I don't look away. I don't, you know, have a second screen, anything. And I swear to fucking God that this, that this piece staring at it that long had like opened and changed and be, you know, and become different through that. But it's me. Yeah. Yeah. 
that does it. Oh, and I, afterwards, I go back and I scrub, you know, on the little play mm-hmm. thing to see if it moved. To, to see if it moved, and nothing moved. So all of that was in was you anticipation, know, anticipation, yeah. or interpretation, or me interacting in some way with this. Um, and it, and sitting there for seven minutes relating to that thing was almost fucking impossible. Right? Isn't that the beauty of focus, though? Like pure intentional focus can get things that don't move to move, even if they don't move. Yeah. And, and that's like that's one things that yeah maybe they'll maybe kids and these newer brains we'll call them can process more information, um, but they also they will have that there. There's a cost to that. Like the They'll, inability to focus will allow them to yeah, process absolutely. more things. There will be no Walden for right. those people. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a great way to 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 put that. Yeah, and so looping back around to what I was saying, unplug. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a ludite. You right. know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here talking to a microphone, and you know, I I enjoy my. And you left my your little heart more intelligent than all of us watch outside of the yeah. <laughs> podcast studio. <just laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I've, I've been in podcasts, been in guests on podcasts before where that's blown up and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh man, do I need to deal with that? And like, no, yeah. I, I don't. So right. that's why I put it out there. Cause I, I would lose my train of thought and you guys are, uh, exponentially smarter than I am. So I, I need it. every advantage <laughs> I get, <laughs> but on the, on the, on the unplugging thing, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, the Big Lebowski, and Dude. yeah, as weird as a, a character as Walter was, and how nobody wants to identify with him, mm-hmm. there's something to be said about not rolling on Shabbos. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> those fucking nihilists, man. <laughs> so, at least it's an ethos. You know. <laughs> I. That. The National Socialists were, yeah. have an ethos. These guys, they believe in nothing. They believe in nothing. The, I, I mean, there's a funny part about that. I, I, we've recently retreated from social media. Yeah. And so it's not like uh, the worst thing is like when you're commenting on something that you don't understand. And mm-hmm. when we talked about this. Maybe that subject will come up because I think it's fairly interesting yeah. from our white male perspectives. The, um, but there's like, there's just this idea, and I talked to Tom about it last night. He's a photographer over at, you know, he teaches photography. He's, you know, he understands quality art. And my my whole thing is like, I believe that words are art. Mm-hmm. I believe that photos are art. I believe music, all of these media mediums that you see on that media, they're all art forms that are the lowest quality form of it because it's being interrupted by a display that doesn't want you to just focus on one. It wants to say what you're interested in so it can show you multiples, but not like the highest quality of thing, which might be different than the uh, Google SEO, SEM part of it, which is trying to build a hierarchy into popularity and getting things to function on this, you know, what comes up first in the Google search. Um, and my argument for most social media is that it really dumbs down quality, limiting of words, the inability to space mm. and paragraph words correctly, yeah. the inability to link out so that you can express an idea or share another idea. So you can actually like the real networking that would happen in a social network is limited because their number one goal is to keep you attached to their thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. Like you can't link out. Sorry, stay here. Exactly. Like there, there's no, and they make it more and more. Di- I understand why they don't want you to leave their platform and they don't want you to like, oh, don't leak to Twitter off of this because then it becomes a thing. I get it, but it's a totally self-interested ploy 
um, that will probably be there unraveling, I think, because anybody who realizes that they're, man, do you want quality, like, do you want to create quality things? And if you do, sharing them on an unquality platform is the first way to get rid of expertise, right? Like if expertise is in the details and this medium reduces all details to a generic form, there's no such thing as expertise. And that if you want to individualize your output there, they, they, uh, they, uh, they help you do that. They allow you to put like a mosaic filter on it or a California or something. Oh, yeah. I like can, Rio. Rio's you, cool. Rio's, is that a good one? Yeah. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. It's like a rainbow spectrum filter. <laughs> is, there, does it, is there like a kind of unicorn watermark? You yeah, yeah, barely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that the one? <laughs> okay, it. I like I that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. super individual. Do you, which color unicorn do you, do, you, do you like to put? It doesn't like, matter because like, you guys do everything in black and white. So. <laughs> See, that's your perception, <laughs> that's here. Yeah, yeah. But, but underlying that is a, is a warmth and a... I just wanted to speak a, my truth. Yeah. <laughs> and truth it is. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's, it it's is absolutely... So like, develop quality output and then broadcast it via a unqu- a, a, an unquality, mm-hmm. and I, dare I say, inequality, um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, media mechanism that I, I think you're right. It's like, we'll level the playing field mm-hmm. so that there can be no um, significant differentiation that might lead people to a stronger emotional reaction than the one we are trying to cause. My my, my question is like, could you tell the difference between Sagrado and Bill down the street if they both had black and white photos on Instagram? And the idea is like, if there's enough contrast and enough like, no, you probably couldn't. But if you Bill, saw, he's the guy who does all the stuff at Target, right? Yeah, like yeah, he Target does the frame, like, yeah, the, yeah, the stock the, photos, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like okay so that's like from a, a very biased you know kind of uppity photography viewpoint but i think it maintains the same because i would say that the same thing is true of music like when you hear the when you hear expertise in music mm-hmm. which is like unbelievably hard to describe um being being the sort of medium that the empty space is more important than the taken space like that that's what that music is basically made off of um and in order to make things palatable for a generation that is hyper distracted everything is set to auto-tune and hooks and beats and things to get your brain to react to it i mean our, our music resembles our food right it's been modified by scientists in order to be palatable no matter what the side effects are um and i think like that it's everything's kind of become coming generic doesn't mean that artists making music today aren't good at what they're doing it's like the sales pitch that gets thrown after they make the thing is kind of the yeah well i mean it has to be marketable i mean because there's art art's produced for the creator and the end user so how do you get it to that end user you've got to have a platform to spread it wide i mean sure true art i think is i I mean i'm gonna fuck up a quote from Hemingway but he mm-hmm. he said write for yourself yes that's you know? what I was going to argue that yeah. the, the the part for it's for somebody else is secondary right but once you put it on a platform it's not for you anymore 
it's either for that little heart at the bottom, which mm. I, I love it. It's a little dopamine rush every time I get one, you know, but, or it's for um, a specific marketing initiative, whether it's for the art itself or for another purpose. But there is a, there is an, there's an end state there. There's an intent mm-hmm. for actually displaying it. And sometimes it's just a display. And I, I, I can appreciate that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really matter. You got to have a platform that actually gets it out in front of eyeballs. I, there's a, there's two things there that I think are really fascinating that you hit on. Uh, maybe um, the, the second that I'll say first is that um, you run into the Buddhist teaching that you are only entitled to the work that you do, not the result that the work causes, which brings me back to the first point, which is... Can you say is, that one more time? Um, you're only entitled to the work that you do, not the result of the... Not the not the fruits of your labor. Got only it. the labor itself. Yeah. Which would bring me back to the first point is that art is for the creator and the end user that ends up consuming the art... It's so like the only purpose in that is so that the artist can do another one. Right. Right. Like it's to, it's not, that one is finished. And if people enjoy it, the marketing is that they want more of it and it'll allow the creator to create more. Yep. And and that's, you're right that if we simplify marketing and just think of it as a negative or a pejorative, that's not true. Marketing is aligning creators with buyers or consumers i completely or, agree with on that because marketing is typically aligned with dollar signs and that's yes. not always the case i mean right I, ideology I, is marketed yeah absolutely a uh <laughs> yeah all the time yeah. um uh but i didn't i didn't know i could write mm-hmm. until somebody told me i could write interesting uh i mean i'd, I'd written something before but it wasn't until i shared it with somebody that, that kind of gave me permission to do it again, the confidence, if you will, to yeah. to pursue that as something for myself. Were you an avid reader? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, growing up, uh, and but you know, less and less as sure. digital has taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I, I'm I'm retraining myself to do. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting to sit down with a book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. Tur- like, turns out, I feel like I get transported to like 1927. Like if my, if you London, need an oil lamp. Yeah, if, if London comes okay. downstairs and sees me reading, and she has like headphones in, and she's like bebopping around, and I'm reading a book, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I might as well quilt a fucking blanket. Like, yeah. I, you immediately feel so out of date. Bring the rocking chair. But there is nothing, I, and I, I get it. They're the same words, but when I have a tablet and I'm reading, it's not the same. Experience. It's not the same thing. You, there's a there's a certain satisfaction from dog earing a page. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I, I really it. enjoy. In fact, there's a, a used bookstore. Uh, just uh, what is that? I guess it would be that direction of Temple Square. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember Did that. Yeah, yeah. That way. So <laughs> east. Uh, east. Uh, thank you. Yeah. If your if your back is to Temple Square yeah, right now, then yeah, yeah, just east of Temple Square. Uh, I found it by accident. Nicole and I found it by accident because uh-huh. it was one of the only things that was open on a Sunday. <laughs> When we were here. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. fucking and against the man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so books especially if you're right down there. Yeah, yeah right. right? <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, the the the. I mean, just the, the the overall sensory input. The place was a mess. There's stacks of books everywhere, hmm. and it's absolute chaos in there. And, and some of the stuff is shelved by subject, but there are stacks of books yeah. everywhere in there, and I couldn't have been happier. Yeah, because it was uh, 
the, you get that smell of the used book. Yeah. And there's something about a used book where there's a story in how the book was read in by the person before. Like who who had who yeah. dedicated the time to pick this thing up, yes. to buy it, to turn those pages, to finish it. What did they write in the front of that thing? What's what's this note little Yeah. I mean, what what, what about that it's applied to their life that they needed to make that note or highlight something? Yeah. When Blair Speed was in here for the podcast the other night. We actually talked about that. She brought up the topic of of marginalia, of like all of the little notes that are written mm-hmm. in the margins of a book that you you know, there's not a, that in a digital thing that yeah. you know, this was somebody's life. They underlined this because it was important and you try and like, okay, can I do I feel a similar importance with yeah. this thing or would I would it have been something else? And and so I think like that the the sharing of that particular physical object between people whether it's a generational thing mm. or it's just like a random uh, you know used bookstore acquisition um so it might be parallel time wise or whatever um it 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 creates connection between people where the same book in air quotes for those of you not watching us on the YouTube channel um uh <laughs> The, the 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 sharing of the actual physical book ca- can allow permit invite connection between human beings that the same book on a digital platform does not in fact mm-hmm. the digital platform isolates the reader mm-hmm. even more because you can't even like yeah i can know on a kindle that somebody else underlined this thing or how many <laughs> thousand people underlined that thing mm-hmm. but it's it's still it's a it's a um, it's a surrogate for the meaning of the under. It's it's social archaeology. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. I mean, archaeology. You, you're just looking yeah. at what people did before. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I uh, there's something very there's I don't, connection there. There there's very few people that maybe realize the value of um, reading through somebody. I wouldn't say look up, but you look across to. To read what they found important into a book, it'll change your experience on yep. how you intake that information. It'll. But it's funny because, like on the Kindle thing, mm-hmm. right, where something's underlined and thousands have underlined this thing, you're like, "Oh, look, there's a thousand people in agreement." And and then, but then the, the but then the one sentence that was underlined by one person is. Um, like I don't know what the threshold is for them mm-hmm. showing the underlined phrase in the digital book that I bought. Did they do that? I didn't even know that was an option on Kindle. I didn't know you could I share. You could see what other highlights. people highlight? Yeah. Wow. Oh, no kidding? Oh, yeah. Like sometimes you're reading along and there's like a dashed line or a thing and then you like kind of hold the thing down and it will say how many people. And it's just like, oh, my God, everybody is here agreeing on this one thing. But the, but the you know, and, and I don't know, is it 100 people underline it and that's when it shows? Is it 1,000 no people? Idea. Because for sure the one, I, I doesn't, I've never seen it where... You know, you it, it's underlined and you kind of hold down and it says, yeah, one other person, you know. Oh, weird. Like, yeah, it's a, but it's, but it's really strange because it's, it, it is like when I highlight things in there, mm-hmm. I mean, and I've, uh, you know, there's a different way to assign a different color. There's, you got yellow, blue, and pink and, yeah. or red. Um, and, and which are the ones that are, you know, if, if it's underlined, if I highlight that in red, that means it's super fucking important. 
Okay, if it's yeah, just yeah. a mere yellow highlight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's an interesting yeah. thing in the day it correlated to something right. I was thinking. Yeah, I, I was find thinking about, that right. I don't typically go back to anything I've actually made a note of. Yeah, in, in digital, absolutely. Yeah. Unless it's in a physical yep. book, yep, that's when I go back. But on there, like if I don't take it as a screenshot of yeah. the thing i won't I'll never remember, remember that anything. i did it it's just like because it's too easy i'm not like finding the oh no i need a black pen for this one right you know or whatever oh yeah well i was gonna say like you lose again you lose detail in anything digital which is weird because digital is a way to actually uh, it should technically be a way to magnify detail like we have these hundred megapixel cameras we have like all of this information we have a way to store it and yet we dumb it down because we know that people don't like details let me share with you a photograph that i made on a ten thousand dollar 100 megapixel medium format digital camera um here take a look, look at, at it on Instagram. my phone <laughs> 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 well, I, and I was going to say, like, I, I remember specifically uh, Mark gave me a book, not gave, I took it for longer than I probably should have because I kept rebranding. It's called Healthy Intelligent Training. And his was underlined and highlighted. And I probably went through that book three or four times just reading where he highlighted and underlined because you're looking at somebody who I knew knew way more than me and trying to understand what they saw was important was the game. Like the book was awesome. It was a very good book. It wouldn't have been near as impactful if he hadn't gone through and found the useful bits and then kind of shared them with me. And there's a big difference between the detail I'm talking about is like if you used a pencil or if you used a pen or if you used a highlighter or a a pen and a highlighter. And there was like little notes written in pen. Like, man, that must be that must be a really I don't know, important thing or just watching how somebody else's brain works. That's the kind of detail you get. The book, yeah, it was okay. The book was phenomenal after somebody you respect touches it and then gives it to mm-hmm. you. And that's something that I like. I still try to do. Like I give books that I've highlighted and that I still and I'll hand them down to somebody and hopefully get them back. I think I gave yours back maybe two or three years later because you bought me another. <laughs> that was how I got it back. Because yeah, yeah. I said, you, here, you need give this. Me this one. <laughs> give me this, this one back. I, I was telling somebody this, uh, I think it was last night. Uh, mm. You know, when, if you want to keep friends, there's two things. You buy you, them books. You, you loan out without the expectation of getting back. That's books and money. Is that uh, the Benjamin Franklin effect in like reverse almost? Did he did he say that? Uh, well, it, it's got, it's a different game actually. Yeah, uh, but it, it sounds like so. So he was known for his library. Yeah, like he had you know obviously a expansive library at the time. I don't know what that means, but it, only the wealthy could really do something like that. And there was a politician that he knew he really needed to persuade to liking him, and he did not like him. It's just one of those like. Yeah. That guy doesn't like me because I'm successful. Or I, you know, it's like generally an insecurity thing. So he decided that his uh, approach to this would be he figured out what book this guy had that he didn't. And then he went and asked him for it. Hey, you've got this book. Can I have that? And as a power play, oh, this person that I don't like needs something to me. Well, the psychology that's involved in you having to do a favor for somebody you don't like means your brain rearranges what you think about that person. Mm. And so by borrowing a book permanently, he essentially made this guy change his brain and how he viewed him. And then they became actually friends after. Interesting. And so that's called the Benjamin Franklin effect. I would say like, it's almost an opposite effect of like, you want to keep a friendship, like give something away or like you do the opposite. 
That's a, that's Franklin probably boned his wife too, but you know, probably. Yeah. It's also the Franklin effect. It's that forehead, like that, <laughs> that, that, that skullet that he had going on. Like the, <laughs> I would have thought it was the, irresistible. <laughs> I would have thought it was the fact that he could be struck by lightning and survive. <laughs> people like, and so, so wives all over were just, it was just not like him. the ultimate so, panty fader right Dad there, of the year, Ben Franklin, uh, fader. he, he wasn't attached to that kite string. His son was. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> so taking taking a taking a, taking a lesson from William Tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, I, I got a theory. Just let me uh, hang on to this. Yeah. Oh my exactly. god. Yeah. That's it's kind of crazy. But you know, you like flying kites, right, kid? <laughs> How do you feel about gladiators? <laughs> There's some nostalgia in all of this stuff. It's all in in every generation is going to think they're the greatest gen- like oh my generation we used to do this and there's some importance to that yeah um there's also a lot of importance into like using what's useful um obviously digital cameras are not film cameras and although film cameras are awesome they just don't allow the same experience like i think maybe you can't do what a film camera can do mostly because the skill and detail involved in a film camera is exponentially greater and it, somebody who's good on film it's unbelievable how they did it, you know, because it's very expensive. It's not cost effective. But when you see it, you're like, Jesus Christ. Uh, speaking of like both of these worlds kind of combining, um, Aaron's grandpa, she went up there for Christmas and I couldn't go up there. And uh, he was like, oh, I feel bad. I don't have anything. I don't have a present for Michael. Oh, I think I got something. So he comes down with this book. It's an original Leica manual. Wow. And so he opened it and he's like, oh, yeah. Um, my dad's friend who was the chief editor in chief at Chicago Tribune gave this to my dad in 1936 and it has like a little scribe in there and he gave it to him and then he got it passed down and now he gave it to me and you're like I'm sorry how are you going to do that with a digital thing like how are you going to pass I haven't I've only read like the first chapter in that book because I already know it's going to be hard. Like it's always going to, it's already, and the subject matter is irrelevant. It's the idea of passing something down. It's now an heirloom thing. Yeah. Like, right. It's like, this is like a traditional thing. And I, the first thing I thought about was like, I don't have anybody to pass this to. Dude, that's a, but wait, you know how to do that digitally, right? Yeah. I'll just it's take it. Like yeah. I'm going to put it on Instagram page by page. Oh, okay. Go. I was yeah. just thinking there'll be like a time lock Facebook post and <laughs> some, sometime in like 2037 or something that, you know, London can unlock it and be like, holy shit. I, I he actually, was an exotic dancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, the, the gems we get to leave for yeah. our children. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> you want to know why you're kind of fucked up? Yeah, well, yeah. it's all out there. I've posted it on the internet, and and I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, the fact that she's so normal is what worries me now. Because we've like tried to go out our way to do fucked up things, to try to get her, like get her to drop out of school, like try to like conv- We try literally. We were trying the other day for like an hour. Me, Keegan, and Aaron were like, "If you swear, we'll pay you a hundred dollars." She's like, I'm not going to do it. And you're like, the level of integrity that's there. Good and I was work. like, are you just saying that? And then around your your friends, you like swear and do this. And she's like, no, I don't swear. And it's like something that was instilled in her. How about 200? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Keegan <laughs> and I think she got up to 300 bucks. Nice. And she would not drop an F-bomb. 
And we're like, come on, we do it. There's nothing wrong with the word. It's awesome. And she really wouldn't do it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's, this... that's definitely not my kids. My kids would have. Uh, right? <laughs> they would have done it before you got the, the, the incentive out of your mouth. Uh, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have had to pay. <laughs> there was something deeply respectable about the position and also alarming as to the kind of person that will be that can like reject an offer like that. Cause mm-hmm. man, for a hundred bucks, I, I'll be an exotic dancer. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I'll do whatever. And then you see where that plays out. Cause now she's saving for a tiny home. Mm-hmm. She wants to be able to buy a tiny home by the time she's 18. So she has six years. She saved $2,000. She hasn't spent a penny of it. Like she's very like adamant and she's looking for work. So she started a tie dye t-shirt business, mm-hmm. which is fucking hilarious to me. Cause I, at some point, I'm like, "Where'd you learn how to do that?" She's like, oh, "I've been doing this for years." And I'm like, "The f- years, yeah, like- yeah." And I'm like, "Are you serious?" And she's like, "Yeah." Haven't you noticed all my shirts are tie dye? And you're like, oh, "I guess I really don't pay attention to you sometimes." Like, just, here, hold this kite string. Yeah, yeah that, well, I've been exactly. looking. I've been looking at yeah. this. Let me just put my apple right here. So it led to an idea of like her trying to earn ho- uh, like money to do her tiny house. So. People don't know this yet, but we have taken delivery of the first white nonprofit shirt ever produced. And there's going to be an option on it where you can get it customized with tie-dye. And that extra charge will go 100% to her tiny home fee or her tiny home savings account. Is this that mid-show promotion that we were talking yeah, about earlier? this is yeah. the advertising. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, it. This is, this it. is the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we like organically yeah. thread in. You know, it's like... I went down, um, talk about like subtle marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out how they set up the predictive Google questions, right? Because I can't find any information on how to buy into that system. You're talking about like in the in the search bar when yeah. you put how, how to, much, yeah, how, or how far, much, or, yeah. yeah. So obviously everybody's is different. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that it's just generated off your, no, like that is the ultimate form of you know, subconscious marketing. Yeah. So uh, there's two levels that I can find that are available. And there's probably, you know, all the companies that are being promoted through that, you know, function though, are very like, I, they're up there companies. They're billion dollar companies mm-hmm. pretty much every time. Um, the So there's SEO. That's the normal function of search engine optimization. That's what most people know. That's also right. what is being marketed that you should hashtag and you should link to more successful sites and more successful sites should link to you and that will prioritize you on the Google search of whatever subject category. So if you type coffee in, you know where it's going to come up, Black Rifle would be somewhere high, but not Starbucks or whatever. That's supposed to be like the fair way to do it. Right. Um, and that's not saying that Starbucks is good. It just shows that they proliferate. Right. Um, that there's a room full of people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacked up on bad coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tapping keys and shit. Right, right. Like, exactly. to make that happen. I need yeah. more of this. They, so the next one is SEM, and that's basically search engine marketing. So when you type something in, there's a bid for keywords in your search that have to do. So if you're looking for cars or something for sale... P- companies can bid for in these subject categories and that will be to the right of your search engine. This is at least Google ad space. Some things do it a little bit different, but Google is the pervasive one. And those are the two that you can really find. And they say that it's fair. It's not like a, the most expensive, you know, the richest company can move to the top, but how else would it work, right? Like the top bidder is the person who functionally changes what people look at in ad space. Right. 
but the one that I can't this figure out. This is not out, an auction. That's a that's right. another website. Oh right, that's <laughs> yeah. a, uh, some water OnlyFans. I don't know. Uh, yeah. OnlyFans. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so the one I was messing with was like you can type in how much is a, and just let it finish your sentence for you, and you can see a what demographic you're in and what company is probably working. You know. I mean, evidently behind the scenes because I can't find a way how to do it yeah. to plug in their thing. So I got, how much is Costco? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> and then Tesla and then a COVID test. And like some of them are like hidden in there, right? Like, okay, this is probably, if you type in like, I don't know, what's the best example? Oh, uh, Johnson running for libertarian, right? <laughs> if you type in where is Aleppo popped up almost immediately because that was like people were like, "Oh, fucking idiot! Doesn't even know." Wait, where's Aleppo? And so That's everybody right. ran That's into right. the yeah. internet. And you're like, "Yeah, yeah nobody yeah. knew it was in Syria." You fucking asshole! Like, <laughs> functionally, this is kind of how Google should work, where it's like you know the majority of searches being done in your demographic should pop up. Nobody cares how much Costco is. Everybody knows how much a Tesla is. It's it's like. It's expensive. That's all you need to know. You can't afford one. Right. But then you start to look at what's being publicly traded right now. Um, Tesla's going to three weird things right now, um, which makes them really interesting to look at in this example of of internet search marketing. And I'm... I'm not an expert in this, so I have to like, you know, this is me just doing a general... You, You have a podcast. You're... Oh, You're an expert. Right. Yeah. Once Take my word there. for it. Buy my yeah. shit. Buy my go. shit. Yeah. So, what was the shit? Was it, are we doing the tie-dye thing or are we doing the, um, what was the other thing we sell? I don't even remember. Oh, the endurance manual? Uh, yeah, we got that. Endurance now. shirt. Yeah. But and we had. Symposium? Black, oh. <laughs> Black we sell chemicals. chemicals. We sell chemicals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's, <laughs> we got Black, we got a burn barrel out there. <laughs> We got some Black Rifle coffee. That you, if you do order, you should for sure use Aaron's code, Shut Up Eat. That's right. Shut yeah. Up Eat. And I am actually the person that set up that I code. Know. Nice. <laughs> nice. My, my favorite, what, was it, what were you saying before we get into this? You were saying, actually, they had you down as a fitness model, and I crossed that out, and you just put, like, bikini. Like, <laughs> no, no they, they had her down as fitness model, and I put, no, uh, athlete. That's, that's uh, oh, okay. I crossed it out. I put athlete. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, you're like, it's not one of the girls with the rubber bands around her legs. Um, <laughs> so like there, so Tesla's interesting because Tesla went through, first of all, if you, uh, the, the GameStop thing, yeah. uh, Elon Musk had a huge part in that with how many 40 million followers or whatever that he has. He pointed people in the direction of a short squeeze because it's the same company that did it to his company. Mm. So they tried to squeeze him. They tried to short his company maybe a while. It was when he's going through all that weird, maybe he smoked a joint or something and people wanted to burn him. But that, that was essentially what was happening. So you saw that as the first function. Now you're seeing the second function, which is now CNN just released an article talking about how Tesla makes most of their money. Most of it is actually from tax credits. Right, they only made seven hundred ninety-four million off of car sales, which mm. means they can't even cover the cost of making cars. But they made three point one billion dollars in the past three years off of tax credits from states that don't fulfill their obligations for selling no emission cars. They have to pay a fine to one of two manufacturers. One of them is Tesla, the other one something else. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a good way. And and like so, this came out as in like, oh, Tesla. You're a billion-dollar company, not because you're really good at what you do, but because you're basically a socialist capitalist. Really good at 
reading the rules. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you are, you are doing the right thing, but this thing only, this has been a known fact. For, I, I think Elon Musk could probably win at risk and wage land war in Asia. Probably. Yeah. E- easily. Yeah. Uh, he, here's the funny part about it is because you can kind of see the oscillation of what's going on. He just pissed off a bunch of hedge fund managers, mm-hmm. like some of the biggest money in the country. He just made them lose $3 billion almost overnight because he pointed people in the direction of GameStop stock. And so now you're starting to see articles to try to demean what he's doing to get people, get the public against what he is. It is a marketing campaign to dissolve somebody's equity. Right. And then you start seeing, oh, Tesla pops up in search about how much is a Tesla because Tesla is going to counteract that by getting people interested in buying Teslas, like through this kind of subconscious marketing technique. Yeah. I, things I've been exposed to over the last year in this transition to my first grown-up big boy job mm. uh, in doxing and coordinated uh, social attacks and, and whatnot. Oh, yeah. uh, they're they're fleeting, mm-hmm. uh, and they reset. And somebody like uh, Elon Musk, I'm not saying he's uncorruptible, sure, but I think he's respected enough that even if he was corruptible, or it, I think that there's such a short attention span uh, by yeah. virtue of the same cycle that is trying to be that is being manipulated to attack him or Tesla. That, I mean, you look at when he smoked a J on mm-hmm. on Rogan, the stock dipped for a day. Yeah, right. Came I mean, back up. Yeah. yeah, came back up. Yeah, so I think uh, I don't know. Just maybe I'm just speaking from my own experience, having my toe in the marketing world now, yeah. and having to having to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. I've also learned that it, just living back, you know, Shomer Shabbos. I, I, oh, I pay attention to it to take the necessary action, but then I've got to back off because it it just eats you alive. (laughs) It just eats you alive after a minute. The rapidity of the cycle is, this is one of the things I find the most shocking of, (laughs) you know, of how, just how long it is. This is okay. This is a story or, you know, something, an actionable thing. And then it's gone. And it's, Mm -hmm. what is it? 72 hours is seven days. Is it, you know, but, but regardless, it's not, and I think that has to do with you know the like, too much input or um, uh, uh, how, how are you? It, it uh, becomes it becomes white noise after a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it yeah, and, no and it happens so fucking. I mean, it, the, the the information is or arrives and is processed so fast. It's not like the ponies are bringing that mail, you know, or right. that news. And, right. uh, super important. They, it's super important, mm-hmm. but we just have to wait about forty days for it to get here. Yeah. And a couple of you know. You know, or you know, pony changes and that, relays and things like that. Like it, it, it's arriving at a pace, and I think you know when we talk about okay, a certain generation is processing that information a lot faster than other generations. I'll put myself there, in the in the one that's just like I could take it a little bit slower, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's easy to to be over for myself. I to be overloaded. Mm. Uh, by that information. Yeah. I mean, there's a sensory overload of, of, of input sometimes where I just, and honestly to, to have retreated from social media has been clarifying in a way that I hadn't been, I don't, I couldn't have predicted. I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Just the, just a small break. Like I'll check it every couple of days. Like I'm just not, I'm not 
driven or compelled to look at it as a feature of information that I need. And by releasing that burden, it's almost I never, if I never looked at it again, I would know that it was unimportant because all of the communication that's important to me should, uh, so this happened the other day because Thurk was talking about, hey, have you talked to Staley at all? I was like, actually, I haven't. He's been like, am I usually, I see his pictures and, yeah. you know, and that's me connecting, me liking his stuff is me connecting with mm-hmm. him. So I text him yesterday and I go, hey man, I got a picture for you. And I sent, before I shaved my beard off, I shaved it into a Ben Staley goatee. Looked like I like just retired in Santa Barbara. And I was like, <laughs> and it was like a ridiculous picture. You know, I didn't realize that I was shirtless or anything, but I sent it to him and he's like, oh, that's homoerotic. And he sent me back a picture of him with a full beard. And I went, ah, shit, I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, like, what's going on? How you been? Blah, blah. I haven't talked to you for a while. And he's laying low. He's like, hey, I got a week off. You want to go to the desert? And I was like, that would never happen with a heart emoji or right. whatever the fuck. Yeah. This, this, and maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. We're going to try to coordinate it because we're both very interested and just heading to the desert like we did last year, which was a really cool experience. These experiences do not happen. We think that social media connects things. And maybe in some cases it does. I know like Aaron probably would have had nothing to do with Black Rifle unless it was for social media. Like right. there, there are some things you can't get over. And I don't want to like, like gloss over that. It's it's not it's not an evil. No, it's not an evil. It's but it is a drug. Yeah, yeah, and it's powerful. Yeah, um, and in most cases, people don't know how to handle their shit or their drugs. That's right. Um, I think maybe that's the way to treat it. Is like this is an intoxicant at the highest level. Yeah, and if you are already a productive person and you've already kind of got your shit squared away psychologically, uh, emotionally, this thing won't affect you so much Mm -hmm. if you're a young kid and this stuff is like involved in your upbringing it's going to be difficult the same as and we kind of talked about this at a different subject fuck i don't know how sensitive we want to get here because it's it's a very interesting thing we were talking about culture yeah talking about i'll i'll base it so you don't get blamed for if this goes sideways (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I think it's it's the, it's the same thing. We're talking about autonomy, responsibility, accountability. And the first problem is, uh, I think Joe Rogan had basically a scientist of some sort on. I didn't listen to the episode. She was a uh, a, a sexual scientist. So okay. so not in terms of uh, sexual therapy or, or karma right. sutra. Karma. Karma sutra. Yeah, yeah. Karma sutra. That's where I... You give it to me and then I give it back, right? That's... The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it's it is. prison. Eventually. Yeah. Prison sex. Later. You, you don't know when it's coming back. Yeah, we just spit in each other's mouths. That's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of um, like genetics... Re- reproduction. And, yeah. Reproduction, genetics, and um, sexual identity. Yeah. So scientist in terms of that but not a social scientist right so fact-based rather than ideology based i was gonna say there's like a pseudo in one of those right yes (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's because you know culture is highly ambiguous was Mm. there some i'm guessing like two or three people reacted strongly to that conversation yeah a couple couple two three she's yeah been okay canceled, canceled by her own community yeah yeah, I, I, yeah. so th- that conversation aside basically she's arguing that you probably shouldn't let a child decide their gender association by changing their sexual anatomy right so 
all things okay. given equal, yeah. we're, what we're talking about is like the ability to identify yourself as something is actually an important feature in um, the self. Yes. Right? In all philosophy, this like, what am I? And we read, I mean, you read that piece uh, yesterday about the mirror and it makes total sense that humans for most of time had nothing but the reflection of muddy water to see themselves. And so therefore... There's a process in which seeing yourself more and more often— And they often, basically, in order to look at their own reflection, they had to prostrate themselves uh, upon the earth. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And there, there's this problem in brain science, in neurology, and in the, in the, the hard problem is known as consciousness, which is self-reference. Right, so this looping effect about you, know, you could take a word like "I am" and you already notice the self-reference. Are you the "I" or the "M"? Is it the you noticing you, or are you one thing? That that's been duality's been argued for you know fucking thousands of years, and this uh, this concept cannot be solved because it can't really solve consciousness. So that's the first thing of why this is interesting. When we come to okay, you have a profession, you're a climber. I identify as this thing that I do, not this thing that I feel like. That's a different thing. Now I'm open to all arguments in any which direction because I ultimately believe in personal freedom and accountability. If you identify as whatever gender you want, by all means, I'm open. There, there's arguments there where we go, well, that uh, that doesn't mean I'm open to the idea of transgender uh, moving into like female-born sports. I think there's inherent risk there, mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about combat sports. You're like, if you lived a certain amount of years with a certain amount of hormonal chemicals, etc., it's different when you punch somebody in the face because of the neuroconnectivity based off of androgen. So there's just a you know blanket statement. Now, if everybody's open to the idea, I'm open to it as well. If females want to combat, you know, males, so be it. Like I don't know how that's going to work out, but if you're if everything is on the open table, I lived my life 35 years as a male, and whether this word is inappropriate or not, they somehow had a transition. There was a change of identity, and now that person identifies as a female, and they want to go to combat sports, and all else is equal. All parties agree to it. So be it. That's freedom to me, and the ability to do such is interesting. What I think was really interesting, what kind of what we were talking about is the paradox that's involved into this. Um, at least as I see it, maybe somebody can outthink me fairly easily and I'm missing something, is that we're when we're talking about sexual accountability, um, uh, what, what's the, the word I'm looking for? Consent. Anyway, consent, yeah. So we're talking about a child being able to consent to altering their anatomy in order to identify something that they feel that they are. Um, there becomes something really interesting where you go... So if a child is able to make decisions about their sexuality, we're talking about the reproductive system, not their gender, um, uh, is statutory rape still a thing? The, the silence here. The <laughs> That's how I feel about it. The whole, yeah. the whole, the silence is like, uh-oh. Like, yeah. oh, we guess we painted ourselves into a corner. Right, which yeah. is the same, maybe a similar problem, maybe not so dire of consequences about why it's inappropriate to identify yourself as a different race, even though we kind of agree unanimously that race is not a scientific finding, that it's more of a cultural thing based off of a, you know, a skin color connotation or whatever you want to 
call it. That's what we identify race as. There's some significance in genetics that can point to what color your skin would be, but that's it. The, the race as it's known is apparently not a thing scientifically. But it's inappropriate for me to ide- self-identify as a minority because I'm not one. So at what case, and I'm not saying I have an answer to this, I, what, in what realm is it acceptable to identify as a female born with different you know, sexual organs, uh, at, born as a male, and it's inappropriate to identify as a black male or an African-American male? Where like, I'm just having, like, these are the, the things. And at what point do we know that children are in danger who are making choices about their sexuality because if we confuse you know maybe the idea that i want to put testosterone into my system as an eight-year-old as opposed to estrogen in order to identify as a male that could have dire consequences later we understand that a 16 year old girl can't make the decision to sleep with a 30 year old man and have sexual intercourse because they're not mature enough to do it they're not mature enough to make these very dire fucking consequences to these situations. That's well articulated. That's where I'm at. And it was was fascinating to go, oh, fuck, man, this is a philosophical doozy. (laughs) Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't think it's one that'll be heard through over over the the angry Mm. shouting of of Becky's. I, she's she's way worse than Karen, yeah. like, for sure. It's like a purple-headed five by five. Uh, yeah. But I'm, you know, it's a, something that I would I, get, I would get, you know, um, I would have to thank my parents for mm-hmm. would be to um, to and and this was around the the idea of like, look, you're you're growing, you're having all of these different experiences. Mm. At whatever you know, younger age, adolescence, you know, young adult, male, you know, all of these things, like the changes that an individual goes through over time, mm-hmm. um, that that de- that influence identity, yes, in some way, or as identity changes, as like, okay, who I, who am I? What am I capable of doing? What will I do? What can I do? What is what do I want? You know, all of the, the 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 what why how stuff it shapes us in a way, and. This was around, okay, this was a long time ago because I'm fucking old. This was around the topic of tattoos. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> and, <Nice. laughs> you know, and, uh, and my dad basically at some point before he left, he, was, he just said, you know, uh, we had this conversation about it. He's like, don't do anything permanent now because you will change. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to hear I know, you know, and what, you know, all this, you know, these, um, you know, things like this may seem like a restriction. This may seem like I'm trying to actually curtail your freedom when what I am absolutely trying to do is to keep you in the state of ultimate freedom by remaining a blank and undecided slate. Neutrality. Right. And, you know, and, and through, through every you know, season, every era in your life. I mean, yeah, you're going to get the permanent shit, you know, that marks you along the way. Whether you... <laughs> life will the, give you that the, shit free. Free. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you won't need to go looking for mm. this, um, you know, this decoration as a, as a, as a form of identity. Um, necessarily, I'm not, like, I'm not against any of it. I'm just saying, like, if I had 
had a tattoo then, well, it would have been stupid, um, you know, two years later or sure. whatever, you know, however long, and then you're getting it covered and then, you know, mm. th- but it's, it's, so it isn't necessarily permanent, but if I go back to like the, the, the what I think is a more important tattoo, which would be to change my sexual, gen- my genitalia as right. an identifier yeah. at a certain age. Well, that's a, that's a pretty long-term commitment in a, pl- you know, mm. a, a decision being made in a period of extreme emotional volatility and growth yeah and 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 creating an anchor that limits future possibility of growth yes in any other direction and and i'm totally not against the idea of it no knock yourselves out yeah it's it's one of those things where is it is it inflicting harm on somebody else not no probably not it is could it, it be inflicting yeah is it could it be self harm probably and i think and and well i mean i think in 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 today's culture at least in the more urban areas it is completely accepted um to be to to identify as trans or really anything else mm-hmm. there there is a culture of acceptance out there so what's the hurry Right. Yeah. You know? uh, and and the danger might not be totally obvious. Like, I think we consider castration, even if it's self-inflicted, probably it goes into the harm category, even if you invert it and turn it into other equipment that you want to identify with. Yeah. The real problem that we really don't understand, and this is like fairly new, is the chemical brew that's going on that you're altering. Because you're then talking about testosterone and estrogen play a part in your psychology mm-hmm. like they it, 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 one of the first signs of vets coming back and going to be facing problems is when they have tbis or you know i forgot what the other one the repetitive impact one what's the boxing one uh not a major concussion but basically like repetitive abuse to their brain i just shock it up as tbi something we'll yeah. just call them tbis <laughs> yeah they're all traumatic, but the, this repetitive percussion that really, it, it stops the production of testosterone. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the first things that shuts off and they can turn around depression by just applying testosterone. And, and obviously they have to balance it. Like there's other processes that are involved. That's how little we know about it. We're like, oh, they're low on this. And then you apply it and then suicidal feelings and all these like yep. other mechanisms kind of go out the window. I have personal experience with that. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So- uh, this is, and now you're talking about taking a child who, you know, adults should be responsible for raising and they get convinced by culture that they're doing the wrong thing. And then they let the impulse of the child go free. It's like imagining like take anything else that's harmful. Well, my kid really just wants to go into that van with all the candy. And you're like, do I say no? They really want to do it. And you're like, well, they got kidnapped, raped, and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, but you know what? It was hard to say no. I, and not that those are the same situation, but we're talking about caring for another animal that can't make decisions for themselves. Stop letting the kid hold the kite string. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Way to close that loop. <laughs> Stop telling the kid to hold the kite string. <laughs> yeah. I, the implications are really interesting. Yeah, you can title this 
podcast, Ben Franklin, you son of a bitch. Ben yeah, Franklin. exactly. Ben Franklin, you're canceled. <laughs> son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I think it's a fascinating, and this is the weird. This is this is where you mentioned, and I thought that was it was really accurate. Is like it's refreshing to be able to have a conversation about things that we don't totally understand. Yeah, right. Without me talking about where I see issues as a white male raising a 12 year old girl where, where I might see some problems involved in this argument that children should be able to do what they think based on me trying to keep a 12 year old girl safe until she's old enough and mature enough to make decisions for herself to throw a label on me as phobic or against or whatever I think is, I, I think it's the grandstanding that allows natural conversation and a natural rival to a good conclusion impossible mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, oh, you're just racist, phobic, transphobic, homophobic, whatever it is. The irony is it's counterproductive to the overall message because it, it yeah. completely undercuts any sort of cultural understanding. Mm. And it also prevents like if, if I'm not, um, if, if if I'm not actively agreeing with you, mm-hmm. for, uh, <laughs> for example, um, there, there's no way for um, if you cannot or I can. I'll just sit, um, let me flip this around. You look in the mirror. Nice. Use that fucking tool. Um, but if I like, if I I, I can't. Uh, um, if all I want is agreement around me and I want to get all of my mob motherfuckers to cancel everybody who's in disagreement, Mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't allow me to further grow my position or, or to, to to be able to defend my position uh, on a particular topic because I've never um, had the opportunity to discuss it with anybody because in, because any time there was a question of any kind, it got shouted down because I perceived I had already arrived at the righteousness of my position, and and therefore look, um, and if you attack it and we have a discussion and I'm able to defend it, then I'm like, okay, I I, I feel more solid about this. And and if anybody's you know taken a strong stand on something, and is shouting down anybody else or telling them that they can't have a voice in it because they are X, Y, or Z. Mm. Um, and uh, then there, there's no way that that is going to grow and become accepted in a way, which is exactly what you just said here, Tira, that, 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 yeah, there's, it's, you're, you're under, by, by not allowing the conversation, you're undermining any eventual consensus that might steer towards your, you know, the position that you're trying to, uh, yeah. you know, communicate. Or defend. By, by definition, it's anti-scientific and I'm not like the biggest science solves all things because I think it, it inherently has its own problems, although it might be the best mechanism we have for understanding, which is like, in some cases it's the search for truth. And I think where, where people get it wrong is they, they misidentify that the search for truth is not trying to convince others of what you think is true. It's to unravel what actually is, and that that is science. And that, that's why consensus becomes important because ideas get torn apart by everybody that doesn't want you to succeed. That's the absolute benefit of having bad ideas is people will let you know, and then you can change them. Like is my race the best race on the planet? 
That that's a question that maybe some fucking idiot ask, and they should be allowed to ask it because smarter, more intelligent, better positioned people can answer them compassionately and say, "No, you're a fucking moron." Like that's a bad identifier of anything. Like if I was going to build a business, the last thing I would try to build the business on was based on race, whether mm-hmm. that's diversifying or singling out based on discrimination. It's a bad way to build anything. I, I find that moron is one of the more compassionate terms that <laughs> for racist. Could... <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's actually for yes. it really is. And, and you know, like to understand my stance on this, I'll put it this way. I am 100% for genocide of racists. If you're racist, you should be killed for sure. We could drag you behind cars, hang you, do whatever. If you were a racist person, and I'm not discriminating, saying that everybody has the, every human being has the ability to be racist. And if you are, I believe you deserve death 100%. This is where it gets weird. You're going to have to define racism. Yeah. Because and I that's think, where we'll have a disagreement. I, I th- <laughs> so I grew up in Portland. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. I, I grew up in Portland. I was born in Aloha, Oregon, just on the other side of the of the, of the the hills there. Um, my first exposure to the big city was junior high in southeast Portland. Oh, nice. Yeah. First yeah, place I big, ever saw someone get city. shot was Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not the last. <laughs> uh, I didn't really have, and then I went to high school in the middle of three cornfields outside of uh, Salem in, in Turner, okay. Oregon. Nice. Uh, that was actually the first time I'd ever heard anybody drop an N-bomb. Was, in a city? Was, well, no, it was at oh. that, that school, at that 3A oh, right, okay. uh, semi-rural school. But... Uh, I wouldn't say it was systemic. It was kind of acute? isolated. Yeah, it was it was acute, and it was it wasn't the person was accepted. The behavior wasn't because everybody had grown up with each other, and we had mm. we only had two black kids in the in the school, um, and and they were they they grew up there also. So it was kind of this weird kind of biodome mm-hmm. of 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 culture. But I didn't really, outside of that, I didn't really get exposed to racism until I enlisted. Oh, right. and, I was and, say, and and the, really in the big organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when I say racism, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the word. I didn't really get exposed to segregation hmm. until I until I enlisted. And you had you had people naturally segregating uh, by some of it's where you're from. But it it was really more by ethnicity than anything else, and that that holds true um, in I think all four branches of the service. And it, <clears throat> I'm not going to say that's a problem because people need to identify with people. They're they're going to identify with people with with a common upbringing. Yeah. But if you start making that into an ideology, that creates separation. That mm-hmm. creates inequality. It creates perceptions that that breed rift um conversely the military is a a big melting pot yeah and it's hard to find a mix of cultures anywhere else across the the spectrum uh in 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 u.s in the united states than you do in, in the military so it's it's both there's there's and both. there's also uh, um and this is saying you know having never served but mm-hmm. having been involved in relationships with uh 
different all four branches of the service yeah um to see and and to look at look at it i i say that there's probably more equal opportunity yeah. within the services than in society yeah i would agree with that yeah uh, i mean it's so, really close to being socialist communist like the structure of it is inherently not necessarily democratic well it is because yeah. Uh, yeah, you've got an authoritarian uh, right. command structure, yeah. and there is no uh, the the welfare is handed down to you. Yes, you know the the end state is dictated from on high. Right. Um. So just by nature of the business, yeah, it is. In fact, I, I used to have a sergeant major that uh, he he called it the green welfare because it didn't matter if you yeah. did your job or not; you were getting a paycheck. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would agree that that's pretty clear. And I'm not down, like, I think one of the problems we get into is we hear these words and yeah. they're charged, right? We, we talked about this, like, oh, yeah. we talked about French being like, man, the words are charged with gender. Yeah. Right? Each word has a female mm-hmm. connotation, a male connotation or whatever. And that's that, a lot of languages are like that. It doesn't fit the agenda here very well. No, but what yeah. does is, is political assignment towards words or what we're, we're our, our problems are, you know, rooted in virtue signaling communication without actually saying what we mean. You say the word problematic. I know what fucking flag you fly, right? Like I know that you went to Stanford or fucking Lewis and Clark. Like I, like you study gender studies, poli sci, right? But you use a word like freedom and I go, Oh, you work on a farm or like what you just start, you just start associating based on these things. Are they useful? They're probably off by quite a bit, but actually right now they're super useful. Because there's these branches being covered, so I don't, I don't like that we use the words kind of incorrectly. We use, uh, first of all, um, communist incorrectly. We use socialism incorrectly, uh, totalitarian incorrectly, fascism, which has almost no fucking literal meaning. Fascism is just an easy button. It is because yeah. you go, wait, what? What do I look out for? Nazis? Where? And you're like, yeah. it, it really is like it's power play, right? <laughs> We already have there's there's features of fascism almost everywhere around us. We just don't identify it because we're fucking stupid and pacified. My personal opinion, the people that say fascist the most are, are the fascists, fascists. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially the ones that are specifically against it. <laughs> I've arrived. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's been my like this whole time. Like, and, and you know, I'm against these fascists, against these fascists, against these fascists until I'm in office. And now, guess what? I'm going to tell you. And it's just like it's it's the I I I don't know. I don't know yeah. how to handle power. And look at me. I mean, it's it's you. In my opinion, uh, you haven't seen fascism yet, mm-hmm. but you will in for for a certain short, even numbered. Uh, period of years. The people it's, that appreciate kind of this the, this nation the most are the people that were not born here. Yeah. Uh, yeah yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. And the people that are uh, most pro-capitalist, or however you want to define yeah. our economic and democratic system, are the people that lived under something else somewhere else. Yes. Uh, yeah. You want you want to meet a real person, um, terrified of what the United States could become. It's somebody who's lived in Russia. It's somebody who's mm-hmm. lived in China. It's somebody who's lived in one. Of, I mean, uh, some of these middle Eastern countries that like you see true oppression, you see true authoritarianism. They still have slavery. They still, yep. if, I mean, we kind of joked about this, but it's like, 
in no other country are they really trying to get their uh, parliament to be diversified. Like nobody's in Japan being like, hey, there's too many Japanese people here. What the fuck? It's called Japan. Like, <laughs> they're all Japanese. Like, yeah, there's other people living there, but it's almost 100%, as far as I know, Japanese parliament. Like, that. that's, it makes sense. That's the, the, the diversity is not going to, is diversity going to help their economy? Is, it, is diversity going to, like, do anything other than appease a culture that is trying to eat itself? Yeah, I fully believe that the, the the government should be a representative of its population mm-hmm. but it there's a there's a natural selection for that yes you don't you don't force people to run and you don't elect somebody based on what they look like <laughs> or how they were born that in itself <laughs> is sexism it's discrimination. And just, uh, that it's, in itself is discrimination. It's just like... It, you just described our system. Yeah, it's feigned. <laughs> it's just feigned in the opposite <laughs> manner, but it still is discrimination. Yeah. And there is a problem with discrimination. Again, I'm 100% on board for killing all racists. I would throw, you know... So the what I was the, the, what I was looping <laughs> our background with uh, on that, that, that uh, segregation in the military... Mm. Um, and we do it to ourselves is I, I believe that we all are a little racist. Every person, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's what you do with it. It's, it's how you manifest well, are it. Are you racist or are you a bigot? Uh, and I would say, and are I you biased? Like one is, is, is discrimination. Yeah. The process of sorting, the process of identifying and creating a hierarchy vis-a-vis my relationship to individuals or a society or yeah. whatever. And th- so that to me is just, you know, how I discriminate. Right. Is this worth it for me and not worth it's, it for me? It's like I, I was saying not earlier, want. it's your lens of experience or lack thereof that, that shapes these things. But, but then taking the action, I think, is, you know, making some kind of action is sort of the bigot part. Yes. And, and I think that's the, yeah. I mean, because okay. I've had this, I was in this text conversation with a gentleman that was on the podcast early on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we were talking about this and one of his things, he's like, my privilege stack is so fucking high that like all of this <laughs> is totally like ir- ir- irrelevant. You know, I, I get it. I'm, you know, and I, and I do, I recognize that. But, but um, we were talking about the, this, um, the topic of racism. And I said, oh, I just diffused the conversation immediately. Um, when somebody says, hey, you know, accuses me or says, are you, you know, are you racist? And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Now what? Right. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and like, do we? Do you want to know more, <laughs> or do we stop talking because I just you know self canceled? Right. Right. And and then and, and just to 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 point out that you know my discrimination process, my you know of sorting of 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 relating to the world had to do with let's see how old is a a young man when he goes to fifth grade 11 12 i think 10 10, yeah 10 10 yeah so same year my dad uh left moved to the east coast Mm. i go to fifth grade i could go half a block to school with my friends (sighs) half a fucking block where i had been for second third and fourth grade Mm -hmm. with my group of friends but i got you know voluntold um (laughs) to be part of the desegregation program so every morning, instead of you know crossing the street, I would walk that almost half block. Yeah. I would get on a bus across the street from my school with, and then 
go eight miles away. And I know because I either ran or skateboarded to fulfill my truancy problem for the next two <laughs> fucking years. I know exactly how far I was either. I would, you know, hide in the bushes and not get on the bus. Or then once, you know, my mom got told, you know, that I wasn't in school. Um, she would make sure that I got on the bus so that once I got down to the central district, I would, um, if I didn't want to be there, I would have to either run or skateboard home. I used to live in the central district. All right. Yeah. I was, I'm talking, I was at Madrona, yeah. um, uh, middle school at that time for those two years. And, and that shaped, I mean, especially a certain, a particular susceptible state thrown into an environment that I cannot handle mm-hmm. and should not have been asked to handle in my opinion. Yeah. However, maybe I turned out to be a better human being more, you know, I, that's why I was able to travel to all different, you know, kinds of different cultures in the world and, uh, you know, and recognize, assimilate, embrace. Um, but that's where, you know, I learned you know, the difference, the concept of other mm-hmm. because I was other, right? Like put into that situation. Right. We, you know, we were in, in, in that period, you know, the, 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 the white kids coming on the bus, um, were by far outnumbered by this dominant culture. And, 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 you know, this, this sort of forced integration, which is different from desegregation, mm-hmm. but the, the forced, you know, integration by, you know, higher powers. And it's like, oh, this is fucking Lord of the Flies experiment mm-hmm. shit right here. And so, and that, and that has shaped me for the rest of my life. And so somebody asked me, you know, are you racist? I'm like, well, I, I, I can see differences. Right. You're colorblind. Huh? No. <laughs> I, this is well. This Fly is shooting black. <laughs> this is where you get like obvious enforced bias, and this is where you're like, okay, are you a bigot? Are you racist? Are you biased? We're probably all a little bit of blend because we don't know how to define them accurately. Like, yeah, because if you say, hey, uh, uh, you know, let's kill all racists, but yeah. now you got to define racism. Well, and this I'm is like, where it gets interesting. Um, because interesting, <laughs> uh, right? Well, and I'm still on board for that because. If you don't want, like, we don't want people to be serial killers, right? So we threaten to kill them, right? If we find out you're a serial killer, we'll kill you. If you're a serial rapist, there's, like, death penalty all over the place. Serial pedophile, like, all of our worst crimes, there's the death penalty. So if we agree that racism is such a problem, why don't we kill the people who do it? So then you have to define it. There's a certain segment who are in agreement with you uh, and i get that but in, in, this is where you'd have to okay if if we kind of like man you everybody has kind of this bias that's inherent to our subconscious and it might just be because other wasn't around until we developed a you know so we're not comfortable in that culture scenario race whatever you want to call it and so we have these you know subconscious leanings towards being a little bit weary um being like wary sorry <laughs> <laughs> i was going one way yep and um it will make you weary eventually it, true yeah trying to deal with this shit. <laughs> it, it really does maybe that's what the word. but eventually we're gonna have to decide is racism conscious behavior or is it unconscious behavior if you are able to be racist unconsciously that means viruses can be racist that means inanimate objects can be racist then we're talking about oh you can't actually control it therefore how can we punish people for something they can't control 
So it has to be, again, intent has to be, it's the difference between manslaughter and murder. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between the the idea that I set out to do this or it was a reaction based off of my circumstances. And so if racism is unconscious, we can't really punish people for it. Therefore, there's no fix for it, right? We, we can't we can't drive a society into fixing this problem that there's no way to curtail because we can't define it. So what I'm saying is like, yes, death penalty for all racists. That way we have to define it. And then once we define it, we can, we can go, Oh, you are, or are not it. Which, um, which of the, the sciences are we going to use to define it? <laughs> I, hopefully the same one that decides that kids at 14 can cut off their genitalia. <laughs> I think if uh, somebody floats. Then... <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is the preferred science. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is... Yes. Let's uh, moldy bread for everyone. Yes. Uh, that, Put them on a scale with a duck. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I, I have to think like. I think a lot of these problems persist because uh, power structures, actual power structures, know that there's no answer. So people of lesser power are going to be persuaded into being consumed by them, right? To, to to be consumed by the idea that you can't move up because rich people don't want you to move up is not the answer to fixing the wealth gap, Right. And also enforcing a not wealth gap is also not the fix to a wealth gap. Like the idea towards fixing almost everything is to get people to be accountable and autonomous. If you can take care of yourself mm-hmm. and you are accountable for your rea- your actions, now you're a productive, no matter what you do, that is a productive member of society because they're not costing a system something. That's not specifically talking about welfare because it's a different case but you you now have a voice because you can take care of yourself and you answer for your opinions your whatever that you can't have that if you're getting canceled if there's um if there's no expression of your bad idea you're not accountable like you lose that part of it um and then you lose the autonomous nature of it because the authoritarian nature is trying to stop people from being accountable that's really kind of what is happening you're not allowed like all of these people that were raising arms up against the capital like you go on their facebook or whatever it's all over the place they're like saying what they're gonna do right heads on pikes and blood in the halls and all this and that's not an argument of like how evil these people were there's just and like only one of them showed up with like kind of a pike uh, right yeah exactly <laughs> you guys really don't know how to plan well if you're gonna do yeah, this thing. and and you should have just looked up in your medieval weaponry dictionary what a pike actually looks like and how difficult that was gonna be to conceal on the greyhound bus you took out there <laughs> to get to the fucking here's here's the problem though it's like all of these people got canceled and everybody's like yeah we got them canceled like now we don't have to listen to that bullshit do you know most of the prosecution to those people is happening over what they post on social media? Yep. That's actually the tool that we identify the bad guy with, right? Their ability to tell us what they're going to do. People are fucking stupid. They're not plotting and conspiracy, uh, conspiratorial, um, yeah. like un- in the shadows grouped together. No, they're fucking posting on blogs and posting f- videos and, and things of bad ideas. And the worst thing you can do is erase that record, mm-hmm. right? Let's see what people's bad ideas are. Y- yes, some people, okay, you're you're trying to get people together to rally and riot and kill some people. That's probably a bad idea to give that person 
a platform, but this all the signposts were there before it came to that level. And the current culture, whether it's left or right, is to try to get rid of bad ideas, not with better ideas, but with power. That's authoritarianism. That's fascism. That That is a true fascism, is to not battle ideas with better ideas, but with power. Ooh, say that one more time. I like it. <laughs> the the faci- fascism is not to battle bad ideas with good ideas, but with power. Man, so say it the shepherd. Mm. And they That's conspire. Good. And they conspire. <laughs> and they conspire. <laughs> oh, man. I, what, what stuff are you working on now? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. It's, I, it, How's the defensive posture it, over there? It's at, still uh, 2020. No shit. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're in uh, February 2.0 of 2020. Uh, <laughs> now, things are going, going really well. Uh, things are going awesome at the company. Good. Um, uh, we, uh, we had a really cool meeting with a company called wave neuro yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which, uh, I understand that they, uh, I, I came in they came so, here after. <laughs> so yeah. So I was actually walking from my hotel over to the office just to, because I didn't feel like taking an Uber. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I didn't realize I was walking right past the, the gym and oh, I, nice. I popped in. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where I've been all day instead of uh, <laughs> my laptop. But, uh, totally yeah, Hilarious. yeah, but I was really excited to tell, uh, Michael and Aaron about, this about these wave, yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah. yeah, we know. I'm like, well, wait, it's still my thunder. Awesome. Yeah. I, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, magnetic resonance therapy, we are, we are putting an MRT clinic in our Salt Lake city headquarters. Uh, MRT is, um, it's, it's new. But uh, it has real science by scientists mm. behind it. Um, the VA endorses it. Uh, there's FDA mm. studies on it. Um, there's there and, and there's still a lot of studies going on with the advancement of this therapy. Yeah. But the actual treatment that we are going to have in there is approved. It is a bona fide medical treatment uh, for what? SOCOM has so um, mostly getting your brain rattled around in your jar. Mm. Yeah. TBI. And- yep. TBI, um, PTS, uh, those all of the th- drug interventions that come along afterwards to help yeah. quote, cure right. that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, this and is kind of, side effects it's on. kind of going, it's, I don't know which came first, NICO or wave neuro, um, NICO. I can't remember the, uh, the, the, what that actually stands for. I'm pretty sure the N is neuro. Um, but, um, and E's center, Neuro something, neuro intrepid center of excellence. I don't know why everything's a center of excellence. <laughs> that's, that's how you can tell. It's, I, I don't know why. It's, it's, it's like, it's isn't there like group. a center yeah. for kids who can't learn good or something? And want to do other things good too? <laughs> yeah. 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 So NICO is an awesome place. Um, but um, NICO also throws a, a lot of, uh, a lot of, prescription intervention statute mm. not like opioids but sure, yeah uh wave neuro does not wave neuro is is completely uh the the electrical stimulation and that's it you have to be ready for it coming in like you can't be drunk when you're doing this mm-hmm. uh um interestingly enough you can't be uh, in uh in a, a state of uh ecstasy c- ketosis 
when you're in this because oh, no no shit. Shit. yeah because your brain needs the glucose rather than the ketones yeah, yeah from the prefrontal cortex Got it. Yep. okay okay and that's exactly i'm glad you brought that up so this this is to stimulate um neurons in the prefrontal cortex yep. so um you get a baseline eeg and that gets interpreted by a doctor mm-hmm. um and everybody's born with a different baseline mm-hmm. and it's a, it's it's kind of how fast you process information uh through uh trauma or and whether there's a difference between um the rate at which you're receiving it and how fast you can process correct yeah that yeah so a lot of this goes into like uh, special operations units you, know, yeah. you see you see these guys that can operate really well yeah. uh in like a close quarter battle environment mm-hmm. um, it's like a typically have a higher frequency higher uh, higher processing rate it's yeah. like a brain scan for a wonderlick test essentially yeah 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 kind of yeah. yes so um with that eeg that get that baseline eeg uh and then um put you on this thing for a half an hour it's just a little little how much you wear you're just in a quiet space uh for, for about a half an hour hmm. and you come back and do it again so a series of, of treatments, it doesn't hurt. Uh, there's no shots, nothing else. You just, the tech the tech puts it on, make sure the outside yeah. stimulation is to a minimum and flips it on. And and, and, and that, the, 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 the stimulation that is being um, caused by the helmet, by the electrical, mm-hmm. that, that's something that is directed based on the results of that that initial baseline eeg correct like we're trying to mm-hmm. sort of steer this or unify in a way yeah th- this individual brain right towards its potential as opposed to um uh, and that being individualized based on the tests and the doctor's reading which i you know gosh, so doesn't good, sound like blanket prescription therapy it's, to me. Yeah, it's right. i haven't done it <laughs> myself Sure. I'm looking forward to it because I've yeah. I've been blown up. Uh, I used to play rugby for for the army. Oh yeah. Um, Still, I had an interview with uh, with JSOC in the civilian uh, side screener. He <laughs> said, uh, "You ever had a concussion?" And I gave the absolute wrong answer. I said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> and he just he kind of stopped writing and looked up. <laughs> yeah, like, said, I mean, how no. many? He <laughs> goes, "How many?" I'm like, oh. I don't know. Uh, all of them? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> me not uh, knowing answer. an answer <laughs> yeah. in itself. Right. That, yeah. that should be indicative of something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, we, we have people uh, that work at the company that have undergone uh, this treatment. I have a, a former teammate that's at uh, their facility in, uh, in California right now. Mm. He's been under it for a few weeks. And I had no uh, – so you know, we talked about earlier how big and smaller world is at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we were all connected by, uh, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, and I didn't even know that the company that I had my guy in treatment with right now was the company that I was being pitched to yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I texted him while we were in that meeting to see how he was doing. He said, he basically said it's amazing. This is, and he he was hospitalized yeah. prior to going down there. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, wow. hospitalized on meds the whole bit. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he said, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back in the fight. And by that, he didn't mean he wanted to pick up a gun again. Right. He, he just meant to be, to live, to, to yeah. be one of <laughs> to, us. Yeah, yeah. To be alive and out in the world and not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's ready to give back instead of fighting for his life, Crazy. which is kind of where he was. Um, so the, the potential for what we have to give back with this 
you know, we talked about those three pillars mm-hmm. uh, earlier. It's, it's, it's fairly limitless. Um, and where we're going with this, uh, the dollar value of, of treatment for somebody doing this uh, commercially on the outside is about $8,000. Yeah. We're not charging. Nice. Uh, we, we will probably charge a nominal fee at mm-hmm. some point. Uh, this, this, as we're getting set up, it's going to be employees and friends and family uh-huh, yeah. first so we can get, get the process established, not the medical pro the, yeah. I mean, the treatments there, Yeah. but so we can get the infrastructure, um, kind of ironed out, but guys are um, two blocks away. <laughs> Looks yeah. like I'm going for a I'm, little brain I'm, ride. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. That's cool. I, uh, I, I was on a group text with, uh, Nicole and some other people in the community last night and I was talking about this and there's people that run nonprofits in this group mm-hmm. chat. I said, uh, this is going to be amazing. Uh, if it works, uh, I'm going to be able to remember everybody's name in here. <laughs> uh, I said, and N- Nicole will be able to legitimately know which way North is without me pointing in the opposite direction that she's pointing. <laughs> well played. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because she did knock around a few times. I mean, she skates. She oh, does yeah. jits. You know, she's, yeah. Uh, backflips on her head when she was a varsity cheerleader. Perfect. <laughs> so, you know, the yeah. usual. Yeah, the concussion. usual. Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder, I wonder just talking to them about the normal slowing and declining phase. Like, I I mean, I try. With, with the aging process, you mean? Yeah. And yeah. normal exposure to whatever chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um I fired enough guns. chronic exposure to whatever right. chemical enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> enough small micro explosions close to my head and without ear protection to know that it's not good for me. Like not as much as you have, as you probably right. have like residual in your blood, but like enough to know that my brain obviously needs as much help as possible. And even though we try I think we both are always constantly like, Oh, this actually makes my brain feel better. So I'm going to do this, whether it's dietary, whether it's exercise, like whatever it is, I'm fundamentally interested in my brain being better. Yeah. Um, how they explained some of this stuff, I think it's like, I know there's always the hope, right? Like, oh, they, they made it. They did this thing that doesn't make me feel so stupid or like this is the, the limitless drug or whatever. That's exactly what I was picturing while they were talking about it was the limitless drug. Yeah. yeah. I'm like going to be the, hopefully I'll be the, the super smart Eastern block guy who just like turns into a better gangster. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> Whatever the thing is, but I, at some point, this stuff has to pay off in the civilian side. I know, like, as a fucking very wealthy, privileged person, you would probably already have access to this ten years ago, right? So NFL players yeah. are using this yeah. uh, in the off season. They'll they'll, they'll right. go in for a series of treatments over three weeks or so um, because they get knocked about, you know, and it's. Uh, I mean, is this is this back? I don't say like bring this back into the gutter but like is this something like do you do you think um all the subjects that we talked about and all the people that we might disagree with but we would have a conversation with uh, you got to think at some point you're having a conversation with somebody you go hold up wait a minute i want you to just do a couple weeks of this treatment and let's like come back to this because you're not thinking clearly and sometimes that person is me Right, like I emotions take over. All these things kind of interject with. You're talking about how to convince somebody to do this without being accused of gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Like that's a good question. Be your best. Let me know because what, what you find I, well, out. I want to like. <laughs> I don't want to strong. It's really easy to tear people down on their weakest side of their argument, but I want people to have a stronger argument of their ideas so they understand where they're actually weak. 
right? Like that's the, there's good arguments for things that I don't believe in uh, or that I, um, I don't know, give into. Like I just, there's a good argument for why alcohol is legal, even though I don't partake in it, even though I don't appreciate it. Like I don't, I get it because I have taken, I just go, oh, that's not for me. Therefore, uh, but there, I understand the argument. Like Mark uses it a certain way, and I see, I see the advantage of using it. And I yeah. go, oh, okay, like that's the argument for me. But there's, there's dumb arguments for it, and just like there's good arguments for cannabis being legal federally, and then there's bad arguments for it. Um, if I was part of the food industry, I would be lobbying the fuck out of cannabis, <laughs> like, like, right? And if I was a medical company, I'd be going against it. Those are not what I'm talking about because. If everybody was thinking at a higher level, wait. If I was in the um, the salty, crunchy, or yeah. sweet sector of the food industry, right. so I'd be double lobby, I'd down. Be, exactly, like, Frito Lay should be all over. over. This. Yeah, exactly. Yum Brands. Yeah, hundred percent. Taco Yum. Bell, the food yeah. industry. Man, they have some polling power. Yum Brands is the uh, the parent oh, of oh, Taco that, Bell, Pizza Hut, and oh, is it really? Uh, I forget the third one. It's either KFC or Pepsi. I can't okay, remember. so we got Swire. We got all these like you know. They should be throwing some dollar bills at being like, look, we can make people all of our board members consume our products. All (laughs) our board members are, you know, of the age where they remember the long hairs. But but this is fundamentally going to raise our capital. So you like our our public trading is going up. Investment is a good strategy in, in this regard. But again, it comes back to the thing, no matter what thing you're arguing for, um, especially from your perspective, you should really want your opponent to have the highest level possible, right? Like the highest level of thinking and problem solving. I want to honestly hear from the best person of that side of the argument. And I think that's, that gets missed. I don't think a lot of people seek that out, even though I think it's important. No, in fact, that's a perspective that I hadn't really considered at all because I didn't think it at all about opposition with this. Mm. Um, and maybe it's just because I, I, I really do struggle with people's names, and yeah. I have oh, yeah. a legitimate fear that I have precursors to to uh, to dementia, Alzheimer's, or something yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I said dementia because I have a hard time saying Alzheimer's, <laughs> just because I know how it's spelled and it doesn't <laughs> yep. to, to all, communicate all, to my yeah. all, all, <laughs> Alzheimer's, all the all the, t- all the timers, all the timers, all, all, yeah. the, all time, the old timers disease. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's been on my mind yeah. for, but that was a name. That's why you couldn't say right. it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, and I, I get you because you've done some things that probably aren't healthy for your brain, like being blown up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rugby. Um, you know whatever whatever it is. Yeah. 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 I, we've all done life experience stuff that doesn't lead to the longevity thing. But as soon as we get to a certain point, man, the longevity things become the really important things to consider. Like, man, at 30, you're, who gives a fuck about anything? You're just, you know. Oh, uh, man, I was a machine at 30. For sure. Like, I don't need to talk <laughs> about blue pills. I don't need to talk about testosterone. I don't need to talk about yeah. any of this shit. I'm ready to go to do anything. And it starts to slow if you down. you had me on this podcast when I was 30, you'd both be pregnant right now. <laughs> Jim, you don't know how long I've been trying to get pregnant. <laughs> it's good. I, like I, I, I was told that if I believed I could, then it would happen. If you can, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. It's right. Identify <laughs> as actually a pregnant person. Yeah. So. yeah. I, <laughs> that way, you can't punch me in the stomach. <laughs> so I'll charge you with man attempted manslaughter. Yeah, exactly. I wonder, like, how ridiculous could we get with this? 
There's no limit. It's, it's limitless. It's limitless. It's, it's, limitless. Yeah. it's creativity yeah. at its most. I, I think uh, I get mortified also of the same thing you do. Um, I had one experience. Um, I was some. Uh, I was going to a client's house. I was there. Um, everything. I was sober. Like it was. You know, we were, went for a hike. I was leaving his house. And I was kind of like daydreaming going down this road. And when I came back to like see a light, I didn't recognize anywhere where I was. I had no idea where I had just been. And I had no idea where I was. I, I thought I was in Utah because I saw mountains. But I had like a slight panic attack. It seemed like a minute. It was probably only 10 seconds. My heart started beating. It was like 200 beats per minute out of my chest because I literally thought I had just lost it. Mm-hmm. Like conscious state from one place to the other i had just transported into a land that i didn't recognize anything turns out i was in provo (laughs) (laughs) that's the problem holy cow and then i really got paragraph could be an intro to a book right yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then it kind of dawned on me oh shit this is what it's going to be like like one day i will not know where i am and that'll be the day that i hope somebody has compassion and could just take me out hood me in the most the Logan's least run. legal implicating way possible. Yeah. Like whatever that is, it's like, okay, I need to have instructions because this is when it ends for me, when this starts happening. And so that idea about brain health and how to like, that's fundamentally living, right? Yeah. Like you are there. There's a point in your own agency. And if you've ever watched anybody have a debilitating disease, uh, you know, ALS, uh, neurodegenerative, anything along those lines, even cancer and some mm-hmm. brain cancer, um, you see it. There's a day that they're that person, and then there's a day that they're not yeah. that person. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, what are you? You're basically accumulation of your memories or something like that. That that might be it. It might just be like the sin, and and you're not even those. The memories are stored in somewhere that neurons have replaced other neurons, but the memories are still there. So this is a very like multi leveled, super fucked up psychedelic thought. Mm-hmm. But once those go away, you're just a different person. And unless you're interested in being a different person, you should be mortified. And stuff like the MRT that you're talking about, it comes back to, okay, this, to me, what they're saying is like, this makes life last longer. Not necessarily your age or whatever, but your brain health is a direct result of that. Or for some people who might be... (sighs) affected or afflicted with like something a tbi that causes a personality disorder and this happened to you know one of our clients where Mm -hmm. he hit his head mountain biking and he was a different person essentially yeah and it took him i don't know a year now and he spent probably i don't know a hundred grand on therapy of like brain therapy neuroscientists trying to tinker with him to get him to his speech correct to get his vision in his right eye back i mean he is a different person because that's essentially what it was. I mean, he yeah. still had his memories or whatever. So you talk about how many vets are exposed to all the conditions that we talked about. Right. They come back differently and all people go is like, oh, it's war or, oh, it's this or whatever you want to call it. Well, they essentially are talking about giving people's life back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, there, it doesn't really matter how many PSAs we do about it. There is a stigma mm-hmm. with mental health and the word therapy mm-hmm. in the military, particularly if you've got a security clearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that it, I don't see that going anywhere. It's deeply embedded in there. It's So having this- Should you this, call it systemic? 
I would. <laughs> would definitely call it systemic. <laughs> yeah. So having this option uh, for real treatment mm-hmm. with palpable results, yeah, is is an, is incredible. It's it is you can't put a value on this. Uh, not only for the individual, uh, but also for the organizations that that own people. You know, mm-hmm. SOCOM is behind this. Yeah. Not not behind ours um, specifically, but behind the the actual therapy. Right. Um, they're they're endorsing it, and then but people's families. I mean, the ripple effect to to familial relationships with with spouses, girlfriends, kids. It, man, you cannot put a value on that. Right. You absolutely cannot. And the the investment that we're putting in to this. It's the, the, you know, <laughs> I get pinged for, uh, what's the return on investment quite a bit. And it's always difficult for me to answer because my job is to give money away. I was going to say that ain't your job. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Right. Performance indicators. <laughs> the return uh, part I don't see into. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, it's, it's kind of like how much, how much, uh, how much site traffic did we get because of a billboard or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. really difficult to measure in terms of marketing, but this, this is palpable. Yeah. People something will be you able can to do see the results. It's it, a tangible result yeah. and it's right there. And people that actually work for this company that is 50% veteran, yeah. they're going to see, um, and it's not tangible just on the individual who's undergoing the treatment. Like right. you're talking yeah. about the sort of the, the, the ripple effect yeah. outwards yeah. into the family, into, you know, into the, 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 the close subculture around. Right. Um, it's, it, it's, uh, it's about as powerful as fucking it's, coffee. There are so <laughs> many nonprofits out there that um, get started because somebody off themselves. Yes. And for some people, that's a way of coping. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with grief as they start an organization, and this is my own little PSA out there. Mm-hmm. If if that's what you feel you need to do, I would highly suggest you look into one that's already yeah. existing um, because you're because you're fracturing the, the the effort. Yeah, yeah, and it's you. There's a lot of time and effort that mm-hmm. goes into actually setting up a nonprofit, and even more that to make it successful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is fracturing the effort. Um, but so many of these, you know, when somebody, when a nonprofit comes to me and they're looking for some kind of support, sometimes they don't know what kind of support they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Have we, and have we I, gone over to ask for help yet? I mean, as a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite yet. <laughs> okay. We, it's funny, though, because we're already getting it. Like, each month, like, yeah. I get a thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, agents a, of change here. Exactly. This, caffeine. Is, this, is, this is where... You know, no matter Are there what, microchips in my coffee, <laughs> I can neither I, confirm nor deny. Okay, I, yeah, <laughs> Glomar statement. Yeah. I saw in your coffee. Yeah, the uh, this is the interesting part about commerce, and this is like, I, I mean, while while all that stuff was going on with you know Black Rifle being associated with certain things, right? Um, we inherently know or not being associated not, with certain yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. being implicated. We got I should hated say. for both. So sure, yeah, being implicated, yeah. and then 
you know, not wanting to be implicated right. is like just as big of a sin, like yeah. fence sitter kind of shit. Right. But I, I posted one thing about kind of not defending because I don't think I need to do that. The company literally stands for itself. And that's kind of what I said is like, this is just a really interesting remark of the power of mob and suggestion from people who don't know yeah. who, who just want to do harm to feel like they're affecting the world that they're in. And they don't really care about the repercussions of the effect that they have. They just want to like, poke the balloon to see if they can pop it well there's a um there the word mob is yeah. key there there is um there is a sense of identity mm-hmm. people identify themselves as maybe they don't say the word of soldier mm-hmm. but they are an an action agent yes uh that identifies an with agent provocateur yes of, of a of a particular group Mm -hmm. and i'm not avoiding naming a particular group because it doesn't really matter it's alt left alt right Right. it it doesn't really matter that they identify with a particular group and it doesn't really matter if you come out with a public statement or explain exactly what it is um the the reason behind an action or lack of action what i've observed in the comments section is they will attack it even if you addressed it exactly what their comment was in there they're going to attack it Because people aren't. Because they're identifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the ones that are listening, they've got their marching orders. There are coordinated attacks here. Right. And I've seen that from the alt-right and alt-left online Mm -hmm. and in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was was in the Chaz. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was super interesting. I was in the Chaz before it was the Chaz. Before it became the Chop. Yeah. Yeah. I was was in the Chop before it was cool. Would you say Chaz transitioned into the Chop? Um, (laughs) I would say it always identified... As it's the always chop. been the chop. People just misunderstood it People, as the chaz. Yeah, they yeah. they placed a label on it as as the chaz. Mm, cultural oppression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- this is well. In one comment, this is kind of funny because it was actually my cousin in law that commented on my post talking about Black Rifle and what I knew about the company and how interesting this was from a cultural perspective. Knowing like it's like you know any subject matter that gets made into a movie and you're like man, they really fucking missed the mark on this one right. kind of deal. Yeah. And so her first comment was, uh, Trump endorsed him. That's all you need to know. Right. And my reply was like, I, I can't remember what exactly I said. I was like, you still like Victoria's Secret, right? Have fun with Epstein. Like, yeah. The fact that, like, you, you're you not getting rid of all of the bad behavior from, like, you still go to Shell, right? You know that they actually backed like Shell as a, a an oil company, they backed the Spanish Revolution on the fascist side because they were just like, well, they're going to win. We got to fucking be on the side that wins. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church blessed the Nazi tanks. We can go back in history. Enjoy and your show, Chiquita bananas. Fucking, yeah, yeah right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fucking <laughs> love, I, I love my Rage Against the Machine album, by the way. I, this is like, um, this is a feature of society that I think is worth paying attention to because you go, look, I understand what you're saying. Corporations do super fucked up sometimes. In fact, a lot of the time I'm the first one to point it out when they do, because they hide behind this in like this accountability thing where they're like, Oh, it was a, it was an employee. It was like, they just like, you know, point to the other thing. Right. Or they just get rid of the, whatever, whoever's going to take the blame happens in the military too. I'm sure. Like somebody takes the ax that, uh, Navy Admiral with the COVID thing, like you know, he seemed like he was pretty liked, but somebody had to fucking take the blame for breaking command, right? And he took it on the chin, like you know, like a good leader probably would. Right. And I don't know the specifics about whether that was a good thing or bad thing because I'm not in the industry, 
But I do know that seeing something like this, seeing something like a company that sells fucking ridiculous coffee and ridiculously good coffee is what, what you meant to it is, but yeah. it's ridiculous in the manner like they have a flying elk and they have like, oh, you know, yeah. amongst it, like the, the ridiculous nature of how they promote it through these videos and like horror movie spoofs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's the ridiculous nature of it. Yeah. Um, I drink the fuck out of it. <laughs> like, right. That, that part is easy because uh, honestly, good coffee is kind of good, easy to come by. Like there's good coffee in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see them so driven to actually go, oh, we can like. Even if it's locally, even if it's like the people that work for them, they're investing in medical devices and and therapies that will inherently help the people directly around them. Yeah. And I don't think people realize how powerful that is as an organization to really invest in the people that are around you to become better. And that it's kind of like the same, same concept is like get your opponents to be the best opponents. So one thing we've done poorly mm-hmm. is tutor on horn yeah okay um and we've had we've had marketing people say this mm-hmm. but uh without going to what my budget was as the corporate giving manager mm-hmm. for last year i will say that i was three hundred thousand dollars over budget mm-hmm. by the end of the year and that was mostly just from responding to 2020 isms oh shit yeah yeah, and fortunately we had a good year. Um, you know, it turns out that people drink coffee when they're sitting at home. So yeah. <laughs> so that was good. Especially if you send it to them. Yeah, especially if we send it to your doorstep. Um, Subscription is by far my favorite, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Shut up and eat is the code for that, by the way. Yeah, 15% off. That's Eric, Aaron Blevins discount code. Uh, One time use only. Right. Um, yeah, but... Uh, that the the growth of the business both in subscription and brick and mortar is what's enabled that's what that's what drives us that's what enables us to be able to expand to have your department right yeah you know in a sense yeah i mean last year i wore three different hats this year i can only wear that corporate giving manager hat because it's a it's a big effort oh yeah it's a really big effort and i mean and i've got multiple lines of effort going on Mm -hmm. that we could have never dreamed of two years ago. I mean, we're, we're adding a payroll code in there, uh, through HR to where people can actually donate their work hours. Like there's a certain amount of hours. We haven't budgeted out yet. What, what the parameters are, but they, when they clock in, they can actually go volunteer for, uh, for an organization. Um, and, they'll get paid by black rifle. They'll bill those hours. No shit. And that'll, that'll end up coming out of my budget at the, at the end of the year. Because that's part of the giving part of corporate giving. Yeah. Yeah. And then as we expand, uh, brick and mortar. Wow. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait, easy there, man. You're giving, allowing people who work for you to give something that is way more valuable than money to an organization that they believe in and that you also believe in. Correct. I.e. their time and energy. Yes. That's subversive as fuck. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> I'm just going to raise my... That's a white fist, sorry. But... Just, just pull your sleeve down. Yeah, right yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there. <laughs> Put a hoodie on that. Um, and goggles, maybe a bandana. Right. Cover that shit up so they don't know that you're um, part of the problem. Uh, 
that's a that's beautiful it is money is like there was um it might it, it might have been a portal podcast with uh, Eric oh, right. Weinstein. Um, but some some topic came up about this idea of you know corp you know in the sense of corporate giving, but but corporations um, assigning a you know a certain amount of money or aiming their money at a problem being wait you know okay yeah we only and I think the, the unfortunately I think the the uh, uh, example being used was Amazon. And I say, unfortunately, because all of a sudden you say Amazon, everybody's like, they're evil. Sure. Except they deliver my, you know, right. whatever. Yeah, except so, I can't stop evil except for the three packages sitting on your doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, but they had, uh, you know, pointed $400 million at, you know, solving a particular issue yeah. that the government, you know, couldn't because they, they, could, they could aim more precisely, use it more efficiently and more effectively because it didn't have Without to be for every, yeah. it's, It didn't have to be for everyone. It didn't have to be mm-hmm. sort of an, an, an equal outlay across the board regardless of right. you know, the, reci- the, the, the recipient. And, um, and so I think that this, uh, that to me, it's just like, oh, aimed fire as opposed to you know, B-52s overhead, let's yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and, and to, to recognize like, oh, well, Okay, we're we're going to, you know, to to serve our self interest. We're going to work in the areas that interest us, mm-hmm. and so fifty percent, you know, veterans I- employed at the company. We're going to try and help solve issues related to having served the country and and, and whatever um, negative consequences that might have for someone after the fact, yep. um, and and help solve that. We're going to a- use this, you know, our good fortune. It's based on our good fucking idea and the execution thereof um, in order to help, you know, solve these problems that are that are near and dear and will actually, you know, benefit society, you know, as a whole in a way that could never be solved by the VA or by the giant bureaucracy. But let's take it into private hands. Yep. Private hands that are being driven by good open hearts. Mm That's a pretty fucking powerful weapon. One thing that kills productivity um, and stalls any kind of action, whether you're talking about social reform or you're talking about just making increasing profits, is the is the word they. They said this. They did that. They're not doing that. Mm. They takes away any individual responsibility. They puts a cloud Mm -hmm. over the spot where it can be fixed and what you're talking about right there we're putting we're taking the they out and we're saying we 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 we're saying you you have the ability to go out and do 20 hours towards this cause you have the social responsibility to do this we're putting the onus on our own people to to, to take action and it's not it's not just social responsibility at that point there's there is a, I mean, Black Rifle Coffee is a really cool place to work. It really is. I, I can't deny that. I mean, I'm biased, not because I work there, but because I've I, I've known Evan for twenty there, years. And I go down there, and this place is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we hang out there all the time. It's it's not an easy place to work. Sure, we're only six years old, and we're we're growing mm-hmm. all the time. So, if you don't like change, it's not the place to be. You know, but. <laughs> But but with that, the when we give employees an opportunity to do something that it meets their own altruistic goals, 
that makes them feel good about where they work. That makes them feel part of the family, and they are part of the family. Mm-hmm. It's what they what, we want them to feel that. But the more employees you get, the harder it is to connect a CEO to to the barista, right? This is a way where they can actually Except feel that yes. he's in there showing them how to do it every fucking day. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, but 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 with these efforts, we're, we're promoting uh, company values, which we believe they're not. I mean, it's nowhere in there was it make a profit. We are profitable, mm-hmm. but and we don't hate money, you know. But that's um, that's not in the that's not in the the value stream. Yeah. The the other values that we have make us profitable. Yes. So it's it's doing the right thing and by doing the right thing we're successful. And there's an interesting, you know, something there about let's just say 50% veteran employees. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 I recognize what you were just talking there about sort of the family about being part of this organization or whatever. A lot of guys when they separate from the military, you know, the, the you know, that's the missing thing is it's the it's the it's my comrades that are yeah. on the right and left of me that I it's it's my small circle, it's the people, it's the knowing, you know, look that we don't even have to have a conversation because I know you were there because mm-hmm. I see it because you wear it because you know, because mm-hmm. we shared that it was the same, you know, sort of thing. Um, and then there's a, there's an opportunity to sort of not lose that connection completely. And it's not, ne- not necessarily like I'm not with the guys that I served with necessarily, although, you know, you and Evan go back a long ways. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and some of the other fellows there, but, um, but, it, but I, wow, we're some of, there's a shared, there, there's a commonality here. There's a shared background of some kind. And, you know, you might have been in the, the S shop and you might have been, you know, over here and you might have been, you know, uh, the guy driving the thing. Um, but, okay, if we have that shared sort of thing, then we, we th- th- that's a, um, a, a, a shortcut to social coherence in a way. The guy that, that runs my numbers in, in finance uh-huh. was an F-18 pilot who two years ago was dropping bombs on ISIS. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's. I don't know how to fly a jet. Now he's dropping money bombs, but we on do other companies. We definitely have a <laughs> what do they call that in the corporate world? A shared paradigm, yeah. or is yeah. that redundant? Saying shared paradigm. Oh uh, fuck! Yeah, who knows? Yeah, well, both those words used to be banned, probably. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> sharing, sharing. Yeah, I mean, there is something interesting you brought up about like just how we term certain things in order to organize and deal with it, and I think you're right in like. To say they is really an easy way to divide, mm-hmm. right? Like, a, and that's, it's really hard to divide anything that's we because you're already, you're grouping yourself as something else. And as much as I, like, we are not all the same. We're all actually very, very different. That, that's how we're able to actually have so many of us is because if we were all the same, we would fail. Yeah. Like, that's a bad fail safe is to all be the same. So you you need this one of us, right? (laughs) You need kind of this idea. I mean, there's a balance, right? You, you need, uh, and there's lots of philosophers have talked about this, but you, you need to be part of a group there. That's a fundamental, um, it is a feature and both a flaw of being a human being is the necessity to be, we're social animals. You need to have a a group. I'm not going to say tribe because again, it's band word, wherever those band words went. Um, 
but I think that is like, <laughs> uh, you know, we could just say evolve tribe paradigm and then we just fucking nail yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Optimize. Let me just dovetail on that. That's one of my band words is dovetail. Dovetail. <laughs> <laughs> dovetail. Uh, what was the, uh, oh God, there's a bunch of fucking Silicon Valley terms that we just need to burn. The, um, but you need to kind of hold both ideas. And this is the sign of an intelligent person is the ability to balance two concepts that kind of oppose each other, that I am both part of a group and also uh, a very capable individual. Like I also need to know that I'm reliant on a group, but also they rely on me in that attachment that is bonding mechanism. Like a tribe? Like a tribe. Yeah. (laughs) Like I think that, like a uh, family. A group like, of no more than 100 or 150 individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the Dunbar. It's a Dunbar group. Uh, and I think we look past that a lot of the time because, it, um, I mean, Sam Sam went on this, uh, a friend of the podcast, he went on this, like, um, I guess, winter survival thing last weekend. And when he said it, he was just like, I'm going to some survival thing. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, man. Have fun. Is like, that with the mic? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Josh Tyler's guy. Yeah, I think it is that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, you know, last time they skinned some rabbits, they trapped some stuff. Uh, Sam fell back because they like they had eaten already, and he would be fine. It was like this day, and he's like, oh guys, I found a snake, and they're like, they killed it and skinned it and ate it, and he's like, oh fuck, I killed Snakey. Like it was like one of those deals. And so this is the winter version of it, and he goes out there, and the first thing he realizes, like, do you know how much easier it is if you have two people working? on like staying alive it's like fundamentally a different thing he's like before it was so fucking miserable but you start to split just a basic task of starting a fire and it's not it's not 50 percent easier it's 90 percent easier because mm-hmm. you're doubt like maybe it's a hundred percent easier because there's a whole nother body and somebody's getting the wood and somebody's doing this and you're like people are detached from that from that aspect of how much easier life is is when you have a cohort of people helping you yeah right towards a similar goal that's part of what is tearing people apart with mm-hmm. with covid yeah you know, you're sitting in at home and your only familial interaction is with people in your immediate household and whoever you can connect with through a screen yeah let's hope you chose wisely on those relationships <laughs> right for 2020 right yeah well man now i, I gotta tell you that's how i know nicole and i are a good couple is oh, because yeah. uh just by virtue of me needing to be in Seattle and her originally being Raleigh, mm-hmm. in order for us to have a chance, she had to pick up and move. So essentially, that was our third date. Oh so no! Shit. We moved across the country together. So that that you know, in a in the cab of a Penske truck with with animals, yeah. that's some stress on a relationship. Yeah, made it nice. Uh, then we had to find a place to live, and we were living on a postage stamp of a place in Seattle because all the property values jumped by 200 grand while I was gone. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yep. Huh? Her car died. Like the transmission that we towed, we towed oh, her Highlander across country. The transmission was bad. Found out when we got there. Thought it was the, the computer initially. She thought so this Penske was getting really bad mileage, yeah. but it turned out <laughs> right. transmission was dragging <laughs> we were, we were, on the ground the whole time. <laughs> we were towing a car that was in second gear the whole time. <laughs> she had to find a job. Uh, I was doing military stuff. I had to find a job. So I was just guard bumming because mm. and um just all this stuff. Then then COVID hit and then twenty twenty, everything in twenty twenty hit. Yeah. Holy cow. It's like it's just like <laughs> so we're Line I, them up. I, I believe it's like we've been placed in an aquarium yeah. and people just keep poking 
pressure sticks. test. Yeah, we're like, let's see if this does it. Like, it's either we're the dumbest people on the planet and we just don't care or things are good. Or but, selective pressures identified a good match. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's like, uh, but it's really good to know up front, right? With the pressure, you're like, man, I think we should make like a patch or something. Like any relationship that survives the pandemic, it's like pandemic strong. Right, like, <laughs> right. So, yeah, there was this... <laughs> There was this. Because uh, many to be, haven't. It used sure. to be tradition if you went through ranger school in the wintertime, you'd sew. This is back when people sewed patches on their uniform. Oh, right. You'd sew it on with white thread just to show you, you had that little extra oomph. That's what, that's what you get here. You get, a, oh, you get your code. Because it is tab. a kick in the dick <laughs> different to do ranger school in the winter, I imagine. I would imagine. I don't know. I was. Oh, your spring? Or <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go through. I, uh, I had a hard slot, and oh, then okay. I, uh, I was in India. On a on a mission when when they when you my did your you up. did your you did your ranger school abroad kind yes. of deal yeah nice. yeah I I did uh, I was an exchange student yeah <laughs> I, I, I tested out all my buddies that actually came from battalion I I told them I was like this is back when I was a team sergeant and before everything hurt uh, <laughs> I told them I was gonna go to ranger school for my fortieth birthday and all my Vat boy brothers were like bro why why would you do that. Why, you don't need to go at all, first of all. But why would you do it? You're 40. Because Kurtz. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Kurtz. Yeah. Yeah. FOMO. It's FOMO. It was, it was just, you know, the missing trinket on my sleeve, I guess. Oh, right. I yeah. don't know. Uh, Delamiga yeah. in the winter. I turned 38 and my body told me that that was not a good idea. It rejected the idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, we we I've voted had you down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my body has been making some some totalitarian decisions for my activities. Right. Lately. Shuts a lot of things down. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, I was telling you about, you know, breaking, essentially breaking my toe and it affecting everything else in my body as as an athlete. Uh, It's like, uh, how many seated workouts can I do? You're like, you'll find out really quick after turf toe. You want to, sitting in a hotel room and having, uh, you know, insomnia because of everything I do and sitting there watching like uh, geriatric workouts (laughs) And knowing that that's probably what you could do right now, like they're in a chair and they're step, step right, step left, step right, step left. I'm like, God, I'm in. I'm, so, I'm, yeah. I'm supposed to be a goddamn commando. Because I mean, you think upper body, you're like, oh, I could do push-ups. Not with turf toe, you can't. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, there's a very little, you can't walk, you can't, sometimes you can't ride a bike. It's a pain in the ass, but. I stopped telling people I broke my toe unless I want to be. Uh, allowed to do something like I'm still on jump status. Oh, right. Uh, I have a permanent profile through the military, yeah. but I had to have it written up in a very specific way because otherwise it's just a blanket. Well, if you can't do that, then you can't do anything. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So you just say I'm good for everything. <clears throat> Not necessarily uh, to paraphrase my, my, my profile basically says I can run if I want to, I can jump if I want to. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> I, I can run if I feel like it. I will cry all the time though. <laughs> Cause yeah. I can yeah. cry if I want to. Yeah. I mean, I can sprint. I mean, I sprinted into, into when we QRF for the East precinct in Seattle, that, <laughs> that was a dead sprint behind a, behind a column of bike cops. Oh, sh- so I can do it when, when, when I need, need to. Wait, yeah. Oh, it's Seattle. You mean bicycle. Cops. Yeah. Not motorcycle cops. Correct. Bicycle cops. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Man, what a crazy experience that was. Uh. <laughs> it was nuts. So when you guys went in, th- there were still police personnel in that precinct. Yeah. 
that were uh, unable to leave for yeah a variety of yeah so the the area uh, formerly known as the Chaz slash Chop uh, was act, was actively under siege yeah um, from every approach and what I observed in my time uh, there before before they gave the precinct up is there would be it was a very coordinated effort so at every street where there was barricades there would be um, one or two instigators uh, and I don't know what fuel these people were running on but they were there just to keep hurling insults at the police line just 24 7 for as long as this took and they would they would rotate them out but and I, and I would I would I started seeing runners you start seeing the same people yeah. there, there was runners between these people it's a very coordinated effort oh yeah yeah Fuck. and then some of the people I saw um kind of going and you could start seeing kind of who is in charge uh and who's in this hierarchy and then when i after the after they gave the precinct up and i and i was actually walking through the chaz with a coffee or die magazine um shout out to black rifle there yes yeah. um i saw some of these same people now as chaz security personnel <laughs> chaz security hierarchy mm-hmm. so this thing that's supposed to be unstructured yeah. and everything else was absolutely structured, absolutely organized. It was just, there were different factions pulling different things. It's, it's a phenomenal human experiment. It was straight up Lord of the Flies. If, if, if you uh, did required reading I mean, in junior they, high, but, but oh, they, they, you knew I, what the just, I'm just like. laughing because I made this I'm reference in a, some other conversation yesterday. Yeah. But did they, they didn't like chase down and spear a pig because I think they would like chase down and spear a beyond meat package or something. Well, if it could run, if it could run, yeah, yeah. they <laughs> threw it and then speared yeah. it. Yeah. Um, they did chase down a dude in a don't tread on me flag. No shit. This, this is both tragic and funny. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was standing there. I was standing in a circle, um, with, uh, with Ethan Rock, Rocky, um, the the guy that was reporting, and a couple of other people, um, and we're standing in the circle, and somebody's trying to basically get um, black voices involved. That's what this circle yeah, was, yeah. and we just we didn't join the circle. Mm-hmm. The circle just kind of formed with us in it. And the guy to my right was a guy that walked through us, just as kind of a companion. He he was a young black guy, really well educated. And I don't say that to people like, oh, he's so well-spoken. I mean, he was touting, touting some stuff off in, in social theory and whatnot that I didn't even know existed. Hmm. For example, like uh, Darwin's book had a different title when it was written. It right. was pretty uh, pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I did not know that. I, I mean, yeah, yeah the, the history of eugenics is fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. So he, had, he was educating me on some stuff. But, I mean he was the only black guy that was standing in the vicinity right there. So the guy was like looking for somebody to talk and he pointed to him. The guy, <laughs> my companion just like, just shaking his head like, Mm-mm, nope, not me. <laughs> so he just goes to the next person. So while this is all forming up, a dude who had probably just latched on to whatever messaging was coming from the other side, uh, had, had marched through there Grabbed his Gadsden flag. He grabbed his Gadsden flag and tied it on like a cape, and he had a football with him. And he came right up to this this street corner. I think this was probably 11th and Pine. 
and uh, and he he takes a knee and he takes a knife out and he stabs the football. And this was like a, a counter Colin Kaepernick statement. Like, what did that have to do with anything? That's some abstract art, right? No <laughs> the, shit. The guy is like, wow. You could have not have stereotyped him as the middle aged angry white guy better i mean he oh, a little bit of pot belly bit of a comb over some visceral fat yeah yeah and you know really upset about the nfl <laughs> you know <laughs> apparently yeah but the 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 shock and almost flash mob mentality of black clad 20 something white people sure yeah. ascending upon him it was black people that saved his life there was like some middle-aged black women that put a protective bubble around him and we're telling all these chads and beckys y'all back up Jeez. we're gonna get blamed for this and they yeah, escorted yeah. him out and they were they had their backs like to him protecting him uh, escorting him out and he, he did he you could see instantly as the the crowd masked he was like i instantly regret this decision yeah <laughs> you know? oh, oh yeah i think i made a mistake <laughs> I underestimated the veracity of this crowd. (laughs) I should really get off social media. How does it like inside of that thing? I imagine there's a bunch of hoopla going. I imagine like, I I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've seen of it, it's very like free love until the outhouses overflow. Right. Yeah. It's like it was a festival ish that turned into basically just kind of a disgruntled summer camp. It's everything that could be predicted. In literature, Lord of the Flies, yeah, okay, the beach, yeah, Animal oh, Farm. Oh yeah, everything's fine until it's not. And right, there's no structure to take care. And of And that's problems. exactly what happened. You know, you got, you've got this pseudo security. You've got pseudo healthcare. Right, All it nice. takes to be a medic in the Chaz is to put a a, 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 a piece of, of red tape on. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's it. I know this because I walked by a medic recruiting area just outside the Chaz. Oh, no, have sure. you ever done this? Do you have any medical experience? Oh, hey, we'll just keep... There are some legitimate healthcare providers in there. Sure. Yeah. I will say that. But most of them are just people that wanted to call I, themselves Why hasn't this... Like, I, there hasn't been much on the breakdown of what this was and what it, it showed. Is there... Is there... Is that a... It's not good branding for what I think was going on at the people time? people are too afraid to get canceled of cancellation to... To actually, talk about it? Yeah. Well, that and... You know the the bulk of people that were in there were in there for the the festive part of it. The, yeah, sure. You yeah. know, hey, this is a fucking Dave Matthews concert. It's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. Dave didn't show up for his gig. No, <laughs> no. I did. I have seen him in a grocery store in Seattle before. Oh, nice. Was, okay. Yeah. Hey. Not not <laughs> this not one. The, not in the chop. <laughs> not, not in the chop. Not in the chop market. No. So you know the the daylight hours. Uh, you know, there's there's art going on in, in the street. Uh, there's, there's people speaking, yada, yada. The sun goes down, and even then things are kind of okay, except people are on edge sure. and um, people are being robbed, yeah. people are being raped. No, 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 wait, wait. They just involuntarily donated their things. That's Well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> so there is a YouTube video of, out there of a guy... Um, Losing his shit because somebody took his his MacBook out of his Someone tent. Took my didgeridoo, <laughs> <laughs> and you hear this white guy. It's a white guy that got robbed, and you hear this other white guy like, "Hey, bro, it's just a bad day, bro." And then another white guy chimes in, and like, "Hey, maybe they just needed it more than you did." <laughs> I, I remember seeing this. Like, just like, 
She's just like, come on. Yeah, you, you can't make it up. It's, no. It is a parody I, of itself. I, the whole thing is kind of funny. I do want to like point a, it. A tragic parody of itself because it people were were killed in there. And, For sure. And shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, and raped. By, all within one by week. By not police. By not police. Yeah. Correct. By other citizens formally known as people that supported the cause that they were a part of. Yeah. Uh, I think the real, I mean, this is where it, um, I kind of see the designation of, you know, do is what we have now the best that we can have? No. And right. And you can apply that to anything. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah it yeah. never so, should be. You should never be able to say this is the best it's ever going to be. There's progress that can yeah. be made. Right. Yeah. And I think if we agree on that, um, the next statement is like, well, um, is it worth risking tearing this thing down because we have an idea for a better thing? So uh, there was this country we invaded a while back. It starts with an I or Iraq, Iraq, yeah, Iraq, Iraq. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's, Camaro. That's it. yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. <laughs> that's the and, one for sure. <laughs> um, we, the liberators of Iraq, um, dethroned. The Ba'athist party, mm-hmm. uh, the ruling party there that Saddam was in charge of, and anybody that was a Ba'athist. Mm. Uh, the subsequent result was a power vacuum yes. that invited insurrection mm-hmm. and a and a power grab by, um, and I'm going to use the band word by by tribalists mm. and by. I think in that context it matches it's, it's okay. pretty perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, and by different militias and whatnot, and um, it so could be loosely organized around different religious beliefs, right? If, if yeah, I'm and 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 you know, Two prevailing ideologies, right? Yeah, and <laughs> bands of ethnicity that uh, were. If you if you look at the origin of Iraq back in the 1920s, it was actually formed because British Petroleum discovered oil and needed to get oil out through a waterway. Oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah. So Kurdistan needed to be linked up with Basra. Oh, that's where the Kurds came. Okay. I, yeah. I never understood the history of that. Yeah. There's a lot of, I don't mean to get down on the Brits because I, I do like working with them. But sure. man, their politics really, uh, man, they're costing us a lot. A thousand today. to 500 years ago, they did some fucked up shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Durand line in Afghanistan. Well, is here's the weird part over. about like uh, Baghdad up until... Um, maybe two, maybe 150 years ago, was taking malari- sharing malaria with the rest of the world. Yeah. Baghdad <laughs> right. was like the center of scientific progression for for quite some time. It was the next Alexandria, essentially. Right. Like the the progress that was made in math and sciences, Baghdad was the center of it. And so I think people have a heart. And I'm de- I'm not saying like what it is or is it now. It's obviously a war torn country and it's super fucked up. Just because of political vying power, or whatever you want to call that, I thought, I thought, I thought Halliburton fixed that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Didn't they come in? It's a hundred percent now. Okay. Um, oh, good. Let me go back to so my ignorance. What, what, what yeah. I think most people don't realize they're like, we're on top of the world. We've got like all these buildings and electric cars and Teslas, and there's rich people, and you know, there's poor people. We hide them. They. It's really hard to imagine an empire at its peak being a mere reflection of like civilization, but it happens really fucking fast. Yeah. I, I like unbelievably fast. Um, I, I'm trying to, I can't think of the Beirut is a perfect example, like mm. host of the Olympics and this yeah. beautiful place and Paris of the, uh, it, 
uh, like the Middle East, the yeah. Middle East yeah. yeah. And, and essentially, I don't know how long it took, but it was less than a year or something for it to not be that. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's there's a myriad of examples. Helmand that, province in Afghanistan used to be called Little America in the 1960s. People, women wore, wore skirts. Uh, there was, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I've heard of, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, so I look at a feature of like, uh, okay, I'm all for revolution in the fact of better ideas coming to the top and us implementing those ideas. Um, but we got to have to actually ideas to implement before you just tear something down. Yeah, you cannot you cannot take that. You, you can't create that that vacuum. And here's here's the two. Okay, this is where both sides of an extreme point of view. We kind of talked about it a little bit about. <laughs> I don't know what he he like digs at the floor and then that makes his place to sleep more comfortable. Yeah, good boy. Of course. Hey, lay down. It's like, oh, sorry, interrupted the thing. Uh, This is where... (laughs) No, he's saying, say you're sorry, you interrupted my thing. (laughs) You guys are too loud, I couldn't sleep. The the, the, the difference here um, is kind of alarming because, again, they're kind of the side of the same coin and people just don't recognize it. It might be alarming to people that people are so fed up with being mistreated based off their skin color that they go and they want to protest and they think it's unfair how police treat them well if you're ever part of one one situation where you can see how police can act with too much authority Mm -hmm. you would be right there with them like i'm i'm there with you in agreeing with the authoritarian nature of some police officers not even not even a majority but we're talking and like a few is enough to poison the well here yeah um and although you might think that yes we need to we need to not have so much authority in politics to watch a hillbilly walk in with a Confederate flag really reduces my urge to belong to that group. Right. Even though I agree with the sentiment that there's an authority problem. I agree. I also disagree because there's no better idea. And so uh, one side of our culture might cancel you because of your ideas, right? Um, they might fight them because they don't believe in your ideas. There is a lack of ideas, though. That really still is the problem. And there's a lack of um, critical thinking that goes around implementing which which ideas should match. There's a lack of conversation to create those ideas. And that's how it, that's where new ideas come. And this can't. I think I talked about it. Maybe not on the podcast. I basically I, I went down for one weekend and decided to mountain bike this trail down in St. George. First day, awesome. I'm not a technical mountain biker, but I really like going far. Like I in far for me is fine. I like I like my effort. I like my result to be based on my effort. I put more energy in, I spend more pain, whatever you want to call it, I get further, I feel more accomplished. That's how I view that's how I want the world to work. I want it to be a reflection of my my experience is a reflection of my effort. Next day, going to do it again, except this time I'm going to go deep, pick the hurricane uh, rim trail, look at it, fine, whatever. It's not that much elevation gain, so I don't think too much about it. Um, I take some substances, <laughs> probably didn't make it easier. I get about 10 miles in, maybe not even 10 miles, and I realize this is a beautiful single track that's been groomed for me. I am so far out of my fucking depth. I am out. I have not the right equipment. My bike is not fit for this thing. There's no seat dropper. I need like at least 70 more mils of travel, like whatever the technical aspect. And on top of that, the thing that's really frustrating is I am not well equipped 
in my brain. My skill level in my body did not react to the terrain that could make my effort count for anything. And then I realized I've just mapped our socioeconomic situation <laughs> perfectly. I was wondering where you're going and with that. And it all comes to me when my head hits the fucking ground, <laughs> when I realize, oh, this is this is a, a very good analogy for our situation, right? We're so we're arguing about whether it should be about effort or privilege, which is whether you have access to a nice bike or whether I've developed endurance capability and I've worked hard to develop this. And then there's this talent skill that's semi-genetic. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's because I was born into a rich family and I could afford the bike and they paid for school for MTB. So they develop skills early that our kids didn't have a chance, whatever. If you had it all, you can be a billionaire on this track that we've you know, nicely groomed through whatever many miles that ended up being. But most people can't experience that because they're too, they're too busy bitching about what got them stuck. They're right? trying to defund the rock. Right. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And then there's this other group that says like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm going off the trail. This trail sucks. Good luck. Do you know how long this trail and how many man hours this took, how many lives were spent on forming this path that we're on that mm -hmm. we said was the best idea that we knew at the time in 1776 or whatever you want to call it? This is the path we're on. If you want to dig a new path, motherfucker, your idea better be way better. You better have details. Uh, like There better be something behind this that makes all the other work insignificant. Like, yeah. However many hundreds of thousands of people died just etching out the idea for this thing. And then however many hundreds of thousands of people defended the attacks on this track. And then however many hundreds of thousands, we're talking millions of lives have been lost because we agreed that this track is good. That this is the best way to experience this, this landscape. And yeah... It's not fair. Some people do have an advantage. Man, some people are just wildly skilled with their innate Someone ability. was born with 70 millimeters more travel. Yeah. And, you know, and, and some people, they got, they got on the section where they could fly and their effort at the right time mattered. So we like to think that our experience can be 100% uh, indicative of our effort. But that's not really true. It's a timing. It's a mismatch. It's a skill. It's never, ever, ever going to be a level playing field, no matter how much we level Equalize it. it. Yes. Right. Equalize it. Because equalizing it means paving new terrain. It means ruining the landscape for the majority who have dealt with the functions that they're given mm -hmm. and have made the best circumstances like that, out of it. But the power lives, lies with the equalizer at that point. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. To tell it, it's it's giving up the function of my experience for a grand authority to 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 dictate my experience. Yeah. And now, now you can make a choice. Like you can go. For now, I'm retreating. I really want to ride this, but I came ill-equipped. It's nobody else's fault. I picked the track, and you know, luckily, I'm in a in a country where that track is rideable. Other countries, is there's too many gates. There's too many security guards. There's too much corruption. And yes, we have corruption. We have all these same minuscule problems compared to the rest. But I'm still looking around how many tracks are available. And I'm like, this one is way better than yeah. even the UK, who is still locked down, unable to do business, like at the, at the, on the bottom of a thumb press from whatever they voted in, kind of. What? <laughs> 
when women mm. are fleeing Great Britain to find freedom in Dubai, <laughs> you know there's a fucking problem. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> just... But the buildings are pretty. Yeah. <laughs> just, just okay. You should go on the outskirts, check out those slave camps. The, <laughs> the idea is that, yes, we acknowledge there's inherent problems with what kind of bike people ride on this trail and what kind of skill they're naturally born with. And we all kind of agree that no matter what, you have to have some kind of effort that will pro- like propel you down this road. And sometimes, I don't know, maybe a fucking llama comes out and kicks you in the face and kills you. That's unfortunate. It does happen. But to I don't... be kicked in the face by a llama and 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 die? Yeah. Okay. It's a I good mean, way to go. It's an interesting it's way story. to go. It's, it, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, I haven't heard of it yet. I don't know how common it is. I, I, the only only thing that I mean, thought about was like that, by that, them. that kudu in Africa that oh just fucking God. rammed yeah, that right. MTBer off yeah. the fucking road. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, we don't have that animal here, so we have a llama. That's yeah. all I could think of down in St. Okay. George, Utah, was there's llama and alpaca. Yeah, it's there, it's true. Maybe an ostrich. That would fuck you up. Here's the, like... Here's the thing. You want you want revolution. You want to tear something down. Fucking start talking about how good your idea is. Right? Like what is your way of living that is better than this path? And then you can garner interest and maybe it is a better idea. Maybe there's an Elon Musk. And I would agree. Like why he doesn't put his energy into um, something that's more attainable and more realistic. I mean, Mars is great. I'm glad he wants to do that thing. But if he used that and his intelligence and his resources to actually form a a better system in the country that allowed him access to do that, what could he come up with that we he, can't? He clearly doesn't have a lot of belief in or hope for exactly. the species. And and why why is that? Like the most, you know, probably I'm getting the fuck out of here to start over. (sighs) Like he's going to like, whatever his better idea is. It's like, there's too much here. We're too far along this path. The infrastructure around this path that we created is too great. We cannot be torn down and replaced without having a period of a hundred years of war of power vacuum in between during which, you know, time, anything could happen. Mm -hmm. So why not clean slate? And the moon ain't great, so let's go to Mars. Yeah, the closest. I, I mean, mean can you or imagine, whatever. Can I mean, you imagine the mountain bike trails on Mars? <laughs> Probably be just like Moab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my dumb analogy, and it kind of like it just made me a. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about something being bad unless I have a better idea, or at least I want to be part of the conversation of trying to think of a better idea. I do yeah. have an idea. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's a little Starship Trooper ish. Oh fuck yeah! But uh, you want to live forever? I, <laughs> Rico's rough next. Rico, I um, I, I think that uh, the loudest voices shouting for change mm. haven't earned their right to shout. And I don't know what they're. I don't think they really really what they're what they're shouting for or against. I think that uh, we take our citizenship here very very. Lightly. I agree. Yes. And, and I agree with the premise that you're going with, that, mm-hmm. that voting actually requires citizenship, and yep. citizenship needs to be earned. Exactly. And I'm not saying that, you know, in Starship Troopers, the premise was if you wanted to be a citizen, Sir. you had to yeah. you had to join mm-hmm. the military. Mm-hmm. I don't think that—I I, I don't know if we brought this up or not, but I was raised a pacifist. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not now, mm-hmm. uh, you know— <laughs> 
<laughs> to bring back to Walter Subcheck again, you yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, pacifism pacifism is an immoral is an immoral theory anyway. You just give power to the person willing to f- use force. Yeah, and there's a whole rabbit hole in that as well. But there's I I I've mulled this over my head uh multiple times mm-hmm. over the years. I I think citizenship needs to be less of a birthright and more a service. M- more earned. Yeah. If you want to participate in this government, you need to participate in this government. I agree. You're not yeah. not just born here. Yeah. I didn't serve. I didn't do any of that stuff, but I 100% agree that I would give up my right to vote because I trust that system. And I would agree that it wouldn't have to be, it needs to be service of some sort. It could right. be two years of charitable contribution to the country. It could be two, year, two years of service towards something. That could be military, help, whatever. You, and I'd be fine with. if that was broken up yeah. as well, as long as somebody, I, I think that, um, I think that an immigrant coming to this country and going through the citizenship process yeah. has a better foundation of the history of this nation yeah. than people that are born here. Uh, do you know what I thought? And and I think, uh, 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 um, you know, we, we talk about like, okay, stepping back and observing from, you know, the, the zooming out and trying to observe the whole. Mm-hmm. To me, that is travel. That is to, you mm-hmm. go to oh, a, yeah. other countries Absolutely. and oh, experience so A, much. what, and, you know, to, to try and integrate you know, in some way rather than, you know, being the, um, okay, the casual, if this is Wednesday, it must be whatever. Um, you're not just sort of passing through, but to go and to stay for a little bit, to integrate, to count on, um, you know, when you were saying about eating local and Mm -hmm. and getting all cleaned out. Okay. Well, that's part of that experience. It's a share in that culture. It's to, it's to, to, to develop relationships there and then turn and look back on, a, what allowed you to go there and have that experience in the first place, mm. but but to understand, you know, where you came from, while standing in other slippers, yeah, you know, because you're not getting in the shoes because you can't be, you're not there long enough, but you can put some slip-ons on or something, and and to look back and realize, like, you know, comp- I I don't think I can stay here because the opportunity that I would have here is restricted by you know economic means by caste system by culture by religious belief by any number of other things which do not <laughs> restrict me in this place where i came from and turns out they won't put me in japanese parliament motherfuckers <laughs> God damn. yeah you know the most it, ardent patriots the, uh that i've encountered we have a squad of afghan commandos mm. that uh run the facilities um at at our Salt Lake headquarters, these guys. No shit. We have a commando strike force with an extraordinary death count. And <laughs> working there, and they're just mopping floors. Yeah. Uh, you know, fixing door hinges, things like that. But they they are they're straight up. Af- they're they're commandos. Yeah. And um, you know they they were able to get to the States and there's a whole, each one of them has an individual struggle with that. Yeah. You know, uh, coming from it's not an easy process. Uh, no, it's sure. not. It's I, not. I, I totally, I, and I would, and go. how did they find, I mean, these general people that you had so, may have, you know, others within the company had relationships with it was actually in, by chance. Okay. Uh, Commander Wally was working at a, he'd found himself in the States and, um, he he was working at a gas station in Virginia, 
when one of our guys that was still affiliated with people in Virginia stopped at that gas station and they had done raids together in Afghanistan. And they're like, what? what are you doing here? <laughs> Motherfucker, oh, no what shit. are you doing at the Maverick? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> wow. They invited him to pack up his family and move out to Salt Lake and give him a job. Crazy. And that was, he was the first one. Holy shit. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> But I, I thought that the military is racist. <laughs> I just heard. That's what I've been told. And that, that really is, I, I mean, the people, that, the, the, the idea, um, the people bitching in the most, I don't know, uh, spilling the most vitriol things about our way of life now that have like nothing good to say about it. Um, usually follows an experience, yeah. right? Like you can talk about the hillbilly that never leaves Alabama that just has an idea about the fucking world, but there's the kid who's never left LA, right? And, mm-hmm. and he has his idea about the world. And we're talking about kind of the same thing, the same process. It's it's like education by experience. And um, it really informs how you think about things. Uh, it could be simpler than just service, even though I think that service is the best way yeah. to actually appreciate anything is to serve others and to serve a cause to, to understand the mechanisms of something. And I, and I think that's a feature that's lost on our public servants yeah. that are not servants or self servants. The, the only thing I don't like about mandatory service mm. is it becomes a check the block. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it becomes subjugation. Um, it's, it's, a. Uh, but as a reward, say citizenship, citizenship is 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 a reward for service. Yeah. It's something that you don't have to do. Exactly, it's yeah. something that's that, where it comes into. So right. instead of being like a conscript, mm-hmm. like uh, South Korea, you have to serve in the military for two years. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Israel. Israel yeah. has a conscription army. Yeah. Um, rather than having a conscription, it needs to be free will. It needs to be a choice. You can choose whether or not to be a citizen or not. I. And, and if you the, want to do and, it later in life, that's fine conferred too. upon citizens yeah. would make it um, behoove you. Yeah. It, it would be worthwhile for, for, for a lot of people yep. to, to engage in that and, and just like you know, we were talking about earlier that mm-hmm. uh, maybe you don't make your best decisions at 18. Yeah. Uh, I know I didn't. My first marriage was two days after my 19th birthday. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but I was grown up. I was ready. You know? Yeah. Immature. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can't drink yet, but yeah. <laughs> fucking give away half your shit. I had, a, <laughs> I had a mortgage and a kid before I could drink in my own house. It was crazy. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. So, you know, along with that, I don't think it's an age limit. It's not a thing like, you know, we're we're here at uh, Mormon HQ. You don't right. have to go off on your mission to earn no. your citizenship. No. Yeah. You know, you, you find yourself at 45 yep. wishing you, you could make a difference. You can do that. It doesn't have to be. It's an option. It doesn't have to be from 18 to 20 or it doesn't have to be at at a certain time. Yeah. And yeah. I think until then, until we work out the system and I like, I would agree the same thing should be true of politicians, like serving in some form before you self-serve should be obviously mandatory or required. Yeah. Um, Until that happens, we could do one of two things. Maybe not making it a career. Sure. Yeah. 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 A term term limit, limit, something like that, that (laughs) limits your ability to sequester power right uh until then i think just like a a really basic function should be you know a quiz on the ballot that you answer you know what are the the sections of the government and if you get that correct then you have a valid vote and if you get it incorrect there's no you just it's obsolete that that discriminates against people that are uh 
radiology challenged. <laughs> they can't, they, they can't read, read and write so good. <laughs> Man, I mean, it might, but then do you really want somebody who can't read to be deciding who leads us? Like, just as I'm not saying that it's, un, it's unfair, I'm just saying that person isn't educated. No, you're, like they're unable right. to read ideas, they're unable to exchange in this in this world where we have deep seated philosophy. And I think we're actually there right now. I think we have a big <laughs> chunk of the voting population on both sides not reading anything. Then we just brought it back to what our nonprofit will be, which is exactly. the nonprofit for the center for people who can't read good and want to learn to do other stuff good too. Yeah. <laughs> Sending for ants. <laughs> I'll try to think. If there's like, a, is there any way to like put like um, a rebellious theme in that? Like the nonprofit center for kids who have trouble with authority and want to still have trouble with authority. We can help reinforce that in you. <laughs> we, can, we can double down on that feature. That's pretty good. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming out, staying changing your plane flight this has been super fun this has been this has been rad i'm actually surprised i didn't crack one of those bottles open <laughs> you're more than welcome I, to now. absolutely more than welcome to this this uh canyonlands confluence single malt that i picked up in moab the other day is actually quite um quite fine well you know while i have this platform <laughs> i'm going to go ahead and give a non-solicited uh or promoted shout out to devil's brigade yeah nice. yeah we were talking about this before we hit record uh it's put up by Willie's Distillery. It's a special forces owned oh, is it really? distillery up in Ennis, Montana. You'll see it's gone it's, almost. There's yeah. one uh, it, measure it, left. There's one measure. I was going to say that was not one night, okay. but it was close. <laughs> we said you pointed to the new one that you got and you were like yeah. the other day. And I'm like, Ooh, that was a good day. Um, the devil's, that's, the that's, devil's brigade that could, I, that, that, I don't believe that's all me. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was I with people. So. Yeah. Well, but there weren't that many. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. The Devil's I never tried it. The Devil's Brigade is good. It's very good. Yeah. So it's a blended whiskey. It's uh, 60, 60% American whiskey, right. 40% Canadian whiskey, all from Willie's. Um, but those numbers are significant because that is roughly the makeup of the actual Devil's Brigade, oh, the, f- okay. the first special yeah. service force in World gotcha. War II, yeah. which was a joint Canadian and U.S. Uh, special operations unit. Interesting. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, I can't That's tell you the awesome. number of times I've driven through Ennis in the last few months, and I never stop. Oh, you have I to, mean, man. Granted, the other day I was, I was probably driving 100 miles an hour on the way in of town. So you didn't and, see and it. Another, <laughs> uh, no, no, I slowed oh. slow down to 25 because oh, right. you know, I'm cool that way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, generally I'm either trying to I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I budget I time in for that. I, I have to. I yeah, will, right? um, yeah. 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 So Willie and Evan and I were all in the same unit. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yep. That's right. Okay. Yep. And Willie and I were 18 Delta classmates and deployed to Afghanistan together. God damn. Yep. I'm, uh, I mean, we'll share some contact information, I hope, yeah. that yeah. my next uh, drive through because I would love to... Uh, um, leave some of my money in Ennis. And there's no <laughs> in support of discount code, but on my Instagram page, <laughs> the link that's in my Instagram page actually goes to where you can buy that online. Oh, perfect! Yeah, awesome. And what, what's your handle so people can? Uh, I'm Red Leader underscore standing by. My uh, my pen name is leftover from back when I was still trying to be uh, incognito. Is Charlie Martell. <laughs> Perfect. Fun nice. for the history buffs. Okay. And obviously, yeah. Black Rifle is your stuff. Anything yep. else you want to pitch? Yeah. Let me uh, shout out to uh, Nicole, uh, who, since we're talking about whiskey, 
has a uh, whiskey review page called Whiskey Rebellion. Oh, yeah. no shit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Right on. She can't taste any whiskey right now because she just got over COVID. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's but when you drink shitty whiskey, right? I That's told like her. when the Crown Royale comes yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> so I told her that she needed to actually do a, a, a Whiskey Wednesday like she usually does, but do a COVID edition where her taste buds are all jacked up and she reviews something like aristocrat or military special or oh, something right. that comes or in a plastic bottle. Something yeah. super fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's Man, I can that barely energy. taste this at all. Notes this is of, notes of pine salt. <laughs> this tastes like pine salt. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read it to, to close out since we're talking about whiskey. Um, I was in, uh, so the podcast I'll launch, I'll send whatever it'll, mm. it'll be out before this one is. But uh, uh, when Blair came down uh, in September of 2019, she mm-hmm. brought a bottle of 23-year-old Pappy Van Winkle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, yeah, the yeah. quarter Pappy. of that bottle. Yeah. And that bottle's been in a beautiful card, and, and that bottle had been sitting in, the, in my kitchen. And I was just like, I'm, this is not getting touched yeah. until, you, you know, she and I will see. Each, like, next time, yeah. because I know the history of this bottle— um, you know, the next time any sip is taken out of that, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be present, you know, uh, Blair, when that happens. It happened here in the podcast studio last Tuesday night. Oh, nice. Okay. And that's how we kind of started um, it. And and uh, her quote after uh, the, the first, the, you know, the first sip in a long time, because yep. th- that bottle's been around for, for a while. Um, uh, she said, it doesn't burn at all. I've had some happy actually. That's pretty. <laughs> it's it's a, it's, a, it's a, that's how she started the, we, the the story of that bottle is how we started the podcast. It's, nice, it's fucking cool. Nice. nice. Um, yeah, and there's just there's enough left in that bottle for sort of one more visit, and so it's back in its place of honor and just, whiskey we're lore. Just, we're just waiting. Nice. Yeah. Why not? Well, come back anytime. Yeah, we yeah, definitely have to do, do this again. I feel sure. like we we only knocked out oh, dude, we could go three on. hours of fifteen hours of conversation. I feel so, like we could. We I could think we're further. a bit over three. Oh, nice. <laughs> we <laughs> could for sure go further. So I want you to come back and yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. We'll have a. I'll have a. Make sure and have a full bottle of that Devil's Brigade next time. Yeah, and bring Nicole with you. I will. Nice. Yeah. 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 Oh. Portion of the proceeds from Devil's Brigade go to support the Special Forces Association. So, all right. So, if, if you find it, hit up Red Leader Red. underscore <laughs> standing by. There you go. <laughs> Direct link where you can buy it, except not if you're Under in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> they won't send it here. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Turns out, hey, you need a smuggler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Exactly. All right, gents. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you.